Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, hello. It's Thursday, and it's time to welcome you to Waypoints, where the Waypoint staff and friends take a break to nerd out and deep dive on the culture, art, and entertainment that's been inspiring and provoking us lately. Today, we are going back a few weeks, or a few months, as the case may be, uh, to a couple shows we touched on on Waypoints early, and we sort of wanted to circle back, and now that, in the case of Dragon Prince, uh, its second season is wrapped, uh, we want to check in on our feelings about the evolution of that series to date. And uh, to start out, we also wanted to circle back to uh, Rooster Teeth's Genlock, uh, the mech show that we were talking about uh, a few weeks back, starring Michael B. Jordan and uh, Dakota Fanning. Uh, gathered around the table this Thursday, we've got Patrick Klepek. Hello. You paused. You didn't want to do me first. Uh, no, I just wasn't sure. I, I you know, I got to be alert. I got to be alert uh, to see what's what's going to happen. I never know. Uh, Austin Walker. Hey, I'm going to sneeze. In a, well, we might be gone. I think it's gone. Look at the light. It's gone. <laughs> we might be gone. What are you trying to say? I'm going to sneeze and that's it. What happens not, when you sneeze? You don't want me to sneeze. You wouldn't like you me s- when I sneeze. You don't want to see me when I sneeze. Yeah. <laughs> that's the secret. Like just, I was always sneezing. <laughs> I was just like, we're really going to get into like just a a C tier uh, like Silver Age comic hero. Uh, well, villain, I guess. Yeah. Sneeze Man is definitely a villain. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we have Natalie Watson. Finally, it's me. Hi. <laughs> At last, Natalie. At last, I've revealed arrived. in the post credit scene, Natalie Watson. Yeah. Uh huh. Wait, who's that? Is that, is that Nat? What was her name? Natalie. That's- oh. I've been the forgotten. Nat? No, that's just how that scene plays out. Oh, okay. the, in post credit scenes, you're like, who the, <laughs> who is that? Who I'm supposed to know who this is, right? No, it's more like, yo, they're not gone. Is that what it's like, or is it like? <laughs> I think I know. I watched that episode like you three tell weeks your, ago. You tell your friends you know what that character yeah, is, yeah. but you're He's looking at your thing. phone in the bathroom. Yeah, 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 100%. <laughs> you went on that website that tells you if there's a stinger or not. Because you want you to be to... that friend that's like, I know what that reference yeah, is. Yes. I know the Nat, that of 90s run. The Nat. I, re- I read, th- I have it in trade. I have it in trade. I had it, it was signed. I know all about the Nat. That's your superhero name, by the way. Oh, okay. The Nat. I hate with that. With a G. I hate that. Uh-huh. My mom didn't let <laughs> You me, love bugs. My mom didn't let me be called Nat when I was little because she didn't want people to be calling me a bug. Aww. She was like, don't let people call you Nat. Your All name right. is Naturally. I respect that. But now anyone can call me Nat. Just not with a G. No Gs. No what if G's. you own it, though, <laughs> you're like a superhero? I don't want to be fucking Ant-Man's fucking bitch. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. 
I mean, the wasp actually seems like she's got a better handle on things than Ant Man. Oh, is anyway, there a girl so. too? There is. Yeah. Oh my god! I haven't seen Ant Man. Come on, that's not. That's come. That's. Do you know what the name of the most Ant-Man recent is movie not is exactly. They remember that movie really heavily. Ant Man and the Wasp and the Wasp. I never saw the trailer. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who the Wasp is. Yeah, the fair. Wasp could be a She's bad good. guy. Yeah, you know what? Let me tell you something. The wasp, That's true. The Wasp can be a bad guy sometimes. I'm going to put that out there into the world. Maybe <laughs> we should be more skeptical of wasps in general. Wasps attack. Wasps be are, attacking. Are wasps pollinating? <laughs> I don't think so. I'm not sure. Don't ask me. Mm-hmm. I really don't know the answer to this question. <laughs> Someone let me know. Maybe a bug Seven scientist. No, I don't want to talk to any bug scientist today for undisclosed reasons. Thank you. Speaking of bugs, though, there appear to be some glitches with the Genlock program. Uh, I will say, which is one Dang. of the through lines to the uh, first season of Genlock. Some things are not working as advertised. Some <sighs> things are not living up to expectations. And some things have just plane gone all the way off the rails like this podcast uh, <laughs> what um how far did we do the first episode the first we did two. the first two. Oh wow really okay yeah yeah because people didn't watch as much as you and i watched okay you those can't... episodes weren't done they weren't they, like they weren't literally done. they literally weren't done they were literally like animatics at okay points. well true fans wow natalie i Look watched you finish this show an hour ago 20 minutes ago, you finished the show. You can't come like, in here with this big more like 15. It was 15 minutes ago. She finally got around to finishing this show. It wasn't I got around. It True was- fans want to go in fresh with their impressions right, uh, you know, coming <laughs> off their noggin. Yeah, exactly. By the way, so I am a, look, you know me. I take my identity from the things I consume. Yeah. <laughs> so because of. Classic Rob. You know, just there's Rob uh, just adopting a brand identity. Yep. <laughs> if Rob couldn't buy a T-shirt with his face on it, he wouldn't know who he was. <laughs> Rob's an influencer. Yeah, it's true. Wow. Uh, so Genlock was good enough and I was interested enough in seeing what happened next that, like, I pulled the trigger on the whole Verb subscription. Wow. Thing. Okay. Wow. Um, well, I was looking around. I was like, "What's the what's the optimal value here?" And then, like, there's Polar Bear Cafe. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, all that stuff. So it seemed like it. It seemed like it might be it might be worth it. I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy so far. But Genlock uh, got me pretty well bought in, and I think, at least for me, like for me starting out, I don't think I was fully. I don't think I had all the reservations that Austin uh, articulated in that first episode. The mm-hmm. whole, the idea that uh, this would fall into the trap of fetishizing uh, the technology and the action of its military sci-fi story at the expense of remembering that it is trying to make critical points, mm-hmm. uh, at least theoretically, about like war and conflict and the, the toll these things uh, take – Nevertheless, I was pleased to see the series begin to weave that stuff in across this first season. And in ways that, at least to me, as somebody who doesn't have as deep a background in uh, this kind of sci-fi, in in, in mecha series, uh, it also did some cool things with um, the nature of... If I if I had to sort of boil down what what I what I think is like sort of the central uh, through line to Genlock, I'd say it is about the promise of technology to make war bloodless 
and uh, mm. harmless to mm-hmm. the people like perpetuating it, and how that is going to be alive. That there's always there's always a cost unseen. There is always there are always costs unexpected, and it's cool the way those things are manifesting in light of the fictional universe they built. Yeah, I'm with you. So I, I, you might recall that I was kind of interested but skeptical about the first two episodes. It was doing things that seemed interesting, but they were things that I'd seen done elsewhere pretty well. Mm-hmm. And given the history of the animation studio, my experience watching shows like Ruby, I was like, all right, I'll stick around for some flash and flair, um, but I'm not sure that I'm going to find the substance that I want here. Um, there are still things that I'm critical of with the show in general. Like I, I still really don't have a great idea of who the major factions are, what what led to this war, what the conflict is materially about, um, uh, or or even even you know to some degree what life, what they're fighting for that isn't just to win the war. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was super impressed with the characterization. Uh, I think the performances were pretty strong. I think that the action sequences were fantastic throughout the show. And I think there's like uh, every episode has something where I want to like talk about it as a sequence of events Mm -hmm. um, choreographed and edited in in, in really smart ways. And I think that like the thing that I kind of tried to put to the table when we did that episode was a thing that I've kind of expanded on in some tweets and stuff since then was the thesis that like, hey, if you do a show with giant robots and if you do do a mech show, that is going to be a show about bodies to some degree, whether you want it to be or not. Bodies are going to be idealized. You're going to have a stand-in for what heroism looks like. You're going to have to deal with the fact that, like, you are making humanoid shapes, and wh- how do you frame them? How do people interact with them? What? How do you shoot them as a as a you know a, a prop in in a piece of filmmaking? And this show ended up being super interested in that in a way that I could tell weeks ago that they had the component parts to do some smart stuff with, but I ended up being really impressed by how willing they were to go to to places that I think a more cowardly show, frankly, would have retreated from. Like, I don't want to get into specific spoilers, but we can, we can do that. But in this opening bit, I just want to say that, like, I was actually, I turned out I was really impressed with a lot of the decisions that they made. They were willing to go there with those questions mm-hmm. and, and, and return to them in ways about questions about bodies and about selfhood, not only with regard to giant robots, but also with, with regard to gender. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a character in the show who is non-binary, who's played by a non-binary actor. Um, Asia Kate Dillon. Asia Kate Dillon, yep. Billions. Yep. Um, and who's a great character. And, you know, obviously, uh, really, I would love to actually read the perspectives of a non-binary critic uh, on this stuff because I think that they handle it in a way that is an attempt at being pretty naturalistic um, in a way that is both um, on the screen and talked about without it being sort of a pedagogical moment necessarily. Uh, The character feels like she is – she uses she, her uh, throughout the show as far as I can tell. Um, uh, Maybe it's like she also uses they. I'm not sure. She also also has used he. She's gender fluid uh, and and the Valentina is is uses she, her. Um, She – she talks about her fluidity in a way that is key to her perspective on war and her perspective on giant robots and as like an inner, as a person in a team. And that stuff ends up being really threaded with broader questions of like, where does the, where does the self exist? Is it in the body? Is it in the mind? How does technology interface with that stuff? And I ended up being really impressed with, with the way all that stuff came together 
And it was just also a fun show to watch all the way through. It's tight and it's it's there's not that much I would cut here. Um, and though I might want some more, that's not a bad thing. Uh, Patrick, you seem pretty high on it. Yeah, I ended up liking it uh, quite a bit. I'm glad that I picked sort of a la- uh, thematic lane and then just yeah. ran down that lane. And that lane is like the sense of self and what does the self mean and the relationship of one's self to technology as it allows you to adapt and change that self more in an image that you either idealize or would like to work towards. Because <laughs> I, I found myself incredibly disappointed by the lack of any characterization for this world yeah. or the, like the, the, like I don't consider the lack of any uh, understanding of the rationale rhetoric ideology of both the, f- the faction that these characters are a part of and that are fighting against it just, the show is just not concerned with it. Maybe that's like, Hey, if we get to season two, yeah. we'll worry, we'll work on that. But I found myself constantly butting up against, I don't know how I'm supposed to root for any of this or what you're, going for because i don't know what you're fighting against for all i know the end of the season is oh no we're the baddies um but you know um i found myself frustrated by the lack of world building because it it made it more difficult to get into the motivations of the characters because it ends up ringing how i mean the like the, the group the main group itself was easy to root for and get invested in they spend the vast majority of the time of this show getting you invested in them, even though I also was frustrated by the lack of like any meaningful backstory for for any of them. There's like one uh, really, throwaway other, scene other than Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, there's like um, one throwaway scene in the second to last episode where right. a guy who fucking sucks, by the way, who I do not trust, yeah, shows up and is like, "Ah, yes, let me say, you know, Valentina, here is your backstory. I read it in a in a file, and it's like really we're gonna get like a sixty second rundown on shit that these characters could have talked about to, to each other, yeah. or they they do a whole like there's a whole thing of people sharing memories and thoughts between each other, which is I would have loved a whole episode that's just yes. like. Yes. Pause on yeah. everything that's happening. Like you, yeah. you are now invested in these characters. Let's get to know their motivations and go spend five minutes with each of them because their memories get haywired and we have right. to, I don't know. You they're know, doing they're doing a mind link. Yeah. There's plenty of space um, for it. It felt like such it, like an exposition of just like saying what <laughs> we should know, like telling the audience what they should know about the backstories of each of these characters. And then there was like no time for even the characters themselves to react. Like you saw all of them kind of get like flustered by like the, just the, the declaration of, of each of their like sort of lives. But it, there was like no time for them even to Mm -hmm. react or have a moment about it. Because who's the fucking union? I still don't know. I watched eight episodes of this show. They're the baddies. No idea. Why is it bad that we stop? Like, why is it so important that we stop them? Like, they occupy New York and most of the eastern seaboard. Does that mean, like, the streets are running red with blood because the union is there? And, like, oh, man. we Like, we don't know. Um, I, that's why that I seems- wish, like... The show seems like would have been more if if this was the the lane it was choosing, which is like we want you to focus on these characters and the sense of self, then make them like nameless aliens or make make them them obviously bad. It's easy enough to be like, oh, yeah, they're tyrants. They already took over place A, place B, place C. They are like doing clear like it's not that long to set up. They they are the bad guys. They don't have to even have to be like interesting characters that we get to know because you could set that up for later seasons easily. But like there's just nothing like you get no flash at all during the season to like and 
here's, I, I just found that like incredibly, fr- I kept going like, they're gonna do this at some point, right? Like we're gonna figure out what's going on here. The refugee thing that was like really promising early on is just dropped. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like, that was tied to the larger world mm-hmm. world building stuff I was frustrated with because it then, if, if the point of this was like, hey, we're trying to help people escape, you know, a horrific situation and we're gonna try and provide them uh, a safe place where they can uh, get away from the union, it also seems like that was just dropped into an episode to be like, well, of course they're doing this nice stuff. But then it's never like none of that ever happens again the rest of the season. Totally. Yeah, I, I still I really think like the show. Yeah. There's still room for I am. I This is the thing I am hopeful for. I am hopeful that like remember this first season is only eight episodes. Mm-hmm. There was room to do more of this uh, table setting, certainly. Uh, but at the same time, like. It is a pretty compressed schedule. They cover a lot of things happen in these eight episodes. Like this was a more eventful first season than I was expecting. And they make some major moves about like upsetting the status quo they established in those first two episodes. Mm. They start overturning that very quickly, much more, much faster than I'm used to for a series like this. Uh, So I am hoping that there is, that they are sort of knowingly withholding that information uh, from us that, there is a larger state of the world and a larger clash here that they just haven't um, fleshed out yet because it would be a very effective thing to do, right? Where you start by telling the story just as a military procedural from the standpoint of these characters who have this like keyhole vision of the mm-hmm. world. And it's all like, here we go on this mission. Here we go on this mission. Oh, we got to help our friends. Got to Got to help our fellow troops. And at no point does anyone ask about context or consider it because you're in it. You're 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 so in it. This, right. It's not even worth discussing. If they are knowingly going to make that move, I think that could be really cool. This could sort of open up in cool ways. Uh, but it is becoming increasingly, um, I don't know. It's just it's the elephant in the room, right? right Where yeah. like at a By certain the point, the third or fourth time you've seen the union, you don't know what that means. I feel like there could have been one last episode like cliffhanger type in which they like infiltrate the union and like there's like some expose in which like here's the thing here's the thing face to face maybe it was like one before the last one so i think that they try to do that with they don't try to do that i there's a sequence towards the end of the f- of the final episode mm-hmm. in which they're fighting against the antagonist of the season, who I think is like a pretty decent antagonist once you've decided not to show the faction on screen, where you're like, all right, we need to do something. And they have a character named Nemesis uh, who has a very close relationship to the team, and there's mm-hmm. like a, a pretty smart way to use the talent that they have access to to create some pretty shocking moments and some pretty like, <gasps> Can like we just go into spoilers? Yeah, I, I'm happy to. Hey, if you want to jump we ahead. Spoiler zone. Yeah. We're going to the spoiler zone. Now, so just Nemesis. I don't know if you can talk about Nemesis without. Like, I think just, you, yeah, just there's stuff I want to say with it, which is I think that he's really well done. Nemesis yeah. is the for people who don't care about spoilers and are still listening who haven't watched it. Uh, Nemesis is the uh, so okay. Nemesis is. Wait, you should start from the beginning. So Chase, the main character, crashes in the opening episode in his ship trying to save New York. Right. The the uh, polity the good the good guys save his body mm-hmm. and they put his brain they decant his human brain uh, and start putting it into a giant robot. It moves between his body and a giant robot, and they have a backup just in case. Yeah, he takes to it really well. 
Uh, he becomes a great pilot. He's moving faster than they like or than they even thought they, that he would. The colonel, his commander, loves how it's working out and assigns him to increasingly, you know, uh, 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 intense missions. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the union's like, you know what? We need to get one, of, get us one of those. Mm-hmm. And so they go all out. And there's a great sequence. I love the sequence where he's captured. There's a lot of sequences in the show where they do, like, slow piano music. And, mm-hmm. like, it can be, uh, you know, when you, when you say that, it's like, oh, that sounds eye-rolly. But it's kind of good. They kind of the, the composition is actually pretty strong, um, and and so is the kind of like choreography of those sequences. Mm-hmm. Amazing gets, way to save animation budget. Yeah. Uh huh. Totally. Absolutely. Like that sequence is slow motion, <laughs> like fly throughs, basically of slightly it's animated. Really effective. It feels it like a, like a like a video game actually in some yeah. ways. Yeah, where yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. like going through uh, like a series of rooms because games use that type of montage all the time. All but the time. I, that works for me. That honestly. totally worked for me. I would play this video game. Same. He gets captured. <laughs> and I bet they'll make one because they made a Ruby game. Um, so it's probably on the on the table. Maybe this will be our armored souls. Finally, it won't be. <laughs> the he gets captured, and they decide to use Chase's backup. They meaning the Union as the new Chase. They load his no. brain back into his no. body. No, 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 no. Yes, no, not no, the Union. No, no. Sorry, the Polity, the good guys, use his backup brain. Yes. in his real body to yes. like return him to their side. Yes. The Union has the real brain. Or the real, the first copy. They have the download. First iteration. Yeah. So there's a there's Chase. There's the original Chase, Chase Prime. Yeah. They've also, the Polity has made a backup of his brain. Yeah. The one that goes into the into the mech is his main brain, let's yeah. say. Uh, and the Union has that. And they've turned it into their own mech, which they refer to as Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Chase, the Chase that we know and love, is a copy, is a backup copy. Uh, which is a big twist that that arrives at this moment that I think is done really well. That mm. I think like that hit me like a fucking pile of bricks. It's so fucking good because, and it's the first of two things they do with him this season, mm-hmm. or I guess the third if you count the initial one, right? But they immediately go like, you know what? Bodies don't matter. Originality mm-hmm. doesn't matter because you're going to keep wanting to root for this guy. You're not going to chase the one who was the original one, so to speak, or mm-hmm. theoretically, off into his big evil robot body. You care about this one. That's that's like a great way of almost daring the viewer who might have certain ideas about originality yeah. and like – uh, uh, you know, this whole season is about how change is good, actually, right? Um, and that we should be willing to change who we are and become true to ourselves, and blah blah blah. Right. And this is a good way of almost like daring the viewer to like, all right, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm curious about that though because I think the the th- way you could come back to that is, oh well, the first iteration Chase has been corrupted, right? Right. Well, they do because do that. because right. it's like the way that. Uh, he communicates is like very glitchy and it like sounds like almost like corrupted data and um, you know the the Genlock team is like you know that's like clearly something's been done here like clearly like if you are you you would not be and and Chase says this himself he's like if that's not me because if it's me I wouldn't be like working for the union in the first place. Right. And so I feel like the comeback to what you're saying in terms of like the audience wanting to root for the first iteration is like kind of complicated by the fact that this first iteration also doesn't feel like Regular the first chase. iteration yeah. because it has also gone down a new path. Um, so it's not original chase. Right. I'll also say that this, the show does 
kind of get blurry sometimes at where it what it thinks is good change. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a sequence we talked about where they go into like the ether, which is the internet. It's like the VR internet. Yeah, uh, and they all hang out together, and there's a funny sequence where they're changing clothes and like, oh, we're gonna cosplay as pirates. We're gonna. This is where they figure we all caught out. The thing at right, the end so of that sequence, right? What huh? was it? We so, all caught the thing at the end of that sequence. Right. Wait, what was the what end was of that the... sequence? His sister was in there. Oh shit! I extremely didn't what? notice that. I yeah, gotta bring no. it out so, right now. Keep as talking. the ether is as the ether is uh, being corrupted by the union, and everyone starts reacting, and people are starting to fall out of the ether, so the crowd starts disappearing. His sister is there in that sort of like public square. And she looks stunned in the sequence. Now, everyone looks surprised, but she's not looking at the ether falling apart around them. She's looking across the courtyard to where Chase is half turned away from. So I've watched this show twice now at this point. And was that episode four or episode five? Four. Four? Okay. Um, I think, yeah. The, the... I rewatched the first episode, and when shit goes down, Chase's mom comes over and grabs uh, his uh, his sister's hand, and I was like, she doesn't say anything, but it's a very clear like we have a plan for this. So I'm I'm like not that surprised, but I'm also but pretty Chase, surprised. Yeah, because at towards the end of the season, uh, when they're delivering that exposition, when that random fucking billionaire is like, "This is you and you and you," and he's like, when he talks about Chase, he's like. The Battle of New York, where he lost his father or his mother and mother and sister. Yeah, and so like we, there's always that question mark until like that moment. I was like, oh, is this how they're gonna tell us that they died? Like from this fucking grimy dude? Like, I was, I was super. Look at what second is it? Oh shit! There she is, thirteen forty two. Holy shit! Good catch, Rob. Yo. That's Dang, wild. That's a good Easter egg. That's a good well, Easter egg. Well, clearly going to be a big yeah, thing. That's going to be a big thing. Yeah. For sure. Look, she's she's going to be a mech within. Chekhov's yeah. VR, Chekhov's VR <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, native sister. Yes. I thought that to... they dropped it. I thought they dropped the ball. I 100% did. Think like, why didn't they ever come back to that? Nice catch. The point I was going to make is in that sequence is the one where Val, Val shows up as Val. Val shows up and is Mask and is like uh, uh, Kazu. David Bowie. Yes, yeah, David Bowie, basically. It's Russian David Bowie. And uh, Kazu is like, oh, I'm confused by gender. I don't understand. Why do you look like this? And Cammy is like, I could break it down for you, but it's not my place. <laughs> and <laughs> then Val, Val is like, here's what's up with me. I, I you know, change my gender all the time. This is yeah. just who I am. Uh, and so, like, awesome, cool. The also- next episode, real quick, let me just make this point. Oh, the yeah. next episode, Cammy changes her, like, her strength, agility, courage, fear, shit. Mm-hmm. So you can they can like hack their own brains when they're inside of the Holons to make themselves less scared or more aggressive or whatever. And you know, there's a sequence where she beats the shit out of everybody because she's trying to confront uh, some trauma that she had gotten kind of stuck alone with the what she doesn't know yet is Nemesis is the the chase the chase in the other the enemy Holon mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, she is trying to like deal, confront that that trauma and try to get over it. And so she kind of like software enables herself to be more courageous. And there's this moment where like Val, Val as Valentina is like, we don't, you don't have to hack your brain. We confront things head on. We don't have to change ourselves who we really are. And it's like, okay, but if we're pro-technology letting us modify who we are mm-hmm. and what our images of ourselves, where – I want the show to be more interested in recognizing that there is a double standard being made there because 
we do that all the time via things like medication. If we mm-hmm. have anxiety, if you're treating, a, a, you know, trauma or, or grief, like there are ways to, in which we do use technology. It's not the same as like moving a slider on a screen, but like, believe me, antidepressants right. are, are an important thing yeah. uh, in my life. And so it's it gets a little confused in there yeah. sometimes. It doesn't quite recognize sometimes when the same metaphors are being used to be like pro-change, pro-control your body, using technology, but also those same characters. It doesn't feel like they're framing those characters as hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I'm. It seems hypocritical, but the show isn't like... Cam is unconscious of it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, well, I think Val, I think it's meant to be hypocritical, right? Though, like, I think, like, like because I don't, don't want to give that like, credit, dude. I don't know. I don't think it's meant no, to no, be no, hypocritical. No, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just saying, humans by nature are going to be hypocritical, like in thinking that way. Like, it just came across as like very natural that there would be a like that you would have a, a, a profound disconnect between those two things, even if, as as you're rightly arguing, like, we sh- there isn't a whole lot of but distance then I want, between I, those I two. I want the show to say that that was hypocritical in the same way that it, like, like waves the flag of transition and change in the final act, right? Like, or all through the final half. Well, Val, her, Val themselves, like, ha- says that she has you or... Uh, I think she in the show she uses she her and she doesn't yeah, correct anyone. Yeah, I'm looking. That. At, I'm looking uses, at the wiki right now, which uses they. We can use but, they. Uh, Val specifically has used technology to change her physical appearance as well, and right. like said that they you know have had different presenting bodies yep. and like in the past and has like uh, like leaned into technology right. to be able to do to be able to express her gender or uh, their gender fluidity, and um and so that's why I don't think it's. I think what she what they were saying was to Cammy that using technology to express like your identity right. is one thing. But in Cammy's case, she was trying to use technology to like edit herself in a way that is like totally That would have been ingenuine to who she is. So it's like, it's something about like true expressions of identity. Right. I think that's what they, I think the show believes the thing you're saying. Yeah. I'm not sure it does. Okay. Like, here's my, here's my argument. I think that is what they're trying to bring across. I think Natalie's right about what, like, what Val is trying to bring across in that scene that, like, there are positive ways to, Use this technology, and then they're like negative and potentially destructive ways. I think that's that's her view. I think what overall the show is starting to wrestle with, though, is the degree to which the experience of warfare of being mm-hmm. augmented like mech pilots is changing who they are. It is changing their perspective in unexpected ways. This is one of the things that is running through this, this season is that their experiences are starting to alien, like their experiences are increasingly starting to alienate them from people outside their immediate squad. Right. Um, While those connections are, are very literally uh, between each other are becoming tighter to the point that selfhood begins to disappear. Right. Or that, that the notion of like the solitary and well uh, bordered self, yeah. the border begins, be, uh, becomes um, porous. It's right? interesting that they use Val each time to communicate that well, sort of change because in it, yeah. this, in the, in the scene that you were alluding to before about uh, when, you know, uh, Genlock 
people the gen genlock team begins to share memories and uh ha- like be able to from making connections basically val and kazu kazu make a connection that then the next time they're I like sort of in downtime downtime val starts playing the guitar and kazu is like where did you learn to play the guitar and val's like i have this you know faint memory of being like on top of a tower or something, or like, She's like on a rooftop in in Shibuya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As yeah. A, you know, as a child, and then he's like, "Wait, like that's my <laughs> memory. Hold on a second. And I just think it's interesting that like Val is sort of this like vessel by which like change, like she's also the change first one. in fluidity and Val. Val also, I just want to be super clear. Like, I'm using she slash they slash he because that character uses all three yes, throughout yes, the course of the show. Yes. I think that I think that they use all three actively as a gender fluid and non binary character. Yes. I'm not this. I want to be very clear that the reason I'm comfortable doing that is because the show pre- presents her mm-hmm. slash they as doing that, and mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that if they'd committed to they or something like that. Yeah. Um. The they are also the first one to mind link. They mind link with Cammy and mm-hmm. do the shot at Nemesis. Mm-hmm. They mind link with Kazu, which is like the sexiest scene in this show. That oh isn't my particularly god, it was so good. good. And I, I want to say it's. I don't even know that it's horny, but it's, it's not. sexy. It's, you know what I mean? It's intimate. It's deeply intimate. It's deeply intimate, and it's like sensual, is what I would yeah. call it. Oh, it's yeah. like super. Good it's like it's like a ha- dance, good, like dancing. Yeah, 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 it's it's incredible. And Val's also the only one to talk about. Being horny. Val is also horny. Val is like, yeah, I've always wanted a robot that also has has like genitalia. Accessories. Has accessories. Yeah. I'm trying to go. Yeah. I'm like, all right, Val, and then, do and you. Then there's like that exchange. It's just like, uh, you know, I can tell you about my I'm good. accessories. Well, like, and it's like, I, yeah, Yaz is like, why would you have – you have a robot body. Why would you need – and like, it's fun. Like, yeah. Yeah, good. Which is actually a part of the show that I think is another thing I really like is that it is written for, at the very least, a young adult audience, mm-hmm. by which I mean, like, so we're going to watch, the, we're going to talk about the Dragon Prince in a little bit, which I think is written for teens, and, I, and I'm and i not taking away from it when I say that. Uh, like, what I'm saying maybe is, like, it's not for me as much, mm-hmm. but this is a show that between some of those conversations, uh, and then also I think the way it handles stuff like the Miranda and Chase relationship is, like, Hey, this does not. Not everything needs to line up happily ever after, yeah. right away, or maybe at all. Maybe it's okay. Like a breakup isn't a terrible tragedy that we need you to feel bad about every yeah. time. I was really impressed with that part of this, also. I think um, something else that is running through this is this idea that they're very much about. Everything that keeps them effective as Genlock troops is good. Like right. this is kind of their morality. Like yeah. it's one of the things they come to. Like it's it's a really revealing sequence when Cammy modifies her firmware basically yeah. and just amplifies. It's like the old Syndicate games, right? Where you could stim exactly up your agents and is, just have yeah. them go fucking berserk. Uh, <laughs> like she basically does that. And uh, God, the scientist uh, Dave. Science David Weller. Tennant. Weller. Weller. Yes. Weller. Good catch. Yeah. Um, Dr. Weller almost stops it. Yeah. But then he's like, no, let's let's let this play out. I was pissed. And what if we did make dinosaurs? 
<laughs> right. I mean, this is this is the thing, right? Is like, what? Why? Why is this? Why is it bad that Cammy is doing this? Like, obviously, everyone else sees that. Like, well, this isn't really result. Like, roid rage is not an effective treatment for trauma, right? Uh, but from Weller's perspective. It's an effective way to make her a badass commando. The mm-hmm. problem is it costs her more uptime. And this is the other part. This, this whole idea yeah. of like, at one point, do these personalities sort of get baked in to their max, right? Like where they can no longer transition between uh, basically their peacetime versions, right? They're, they're, they're sort of civilian identities. They're flesh and blood bodies. Yeah. And at what point can they only exist in the mech? In right. the military hardware, you can't pilot a drone. In, like you're, the, whatever that distance is supposed to have been achieved by that. And in this case, it's they're very clear early on. These aren't drones because your mind is really in there. Mm-hmm. Even that distance that it's that is about safety and about oh my brain is back at home and I can just transfer out of here and any damage done here isn't it doesn't damage me personally. Throughout the course of the show, that is proven again and again to not be true as they all have post-traumatic stress, right? Mm-hmm. As, uh, you know, Cammie specifically dreams of the the fight that she got into with Nemesis and as eventually Chase gets stuck in there and is not the well, only one, right? Uh, uh, Leon well, also Leon. ends up in, a, in this very, like, what a weird walk-on bit he has to be just like, He's a character who gets name dropped early as someone who could have used Genlock if he was younger, and then he finally does it and ends up in a coma. Even though he didn't sustain much damage, his uptime wasn't that high. It's like, hey, this just does this to some people if you're too old. Well, my partner also has a theory that in season two, because uh, remember they successfully get him back into his body. Yes. Yeah. But he actually he takes a shit ton of damage in that battle. Uh, like his arm oh, gets like bruised off his the arm really early. early. Come off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so my partner's True. theory is that next season his arc is going to be. He is effectively an amputee. He mm-hmm. lost his. He lost a limb in combat. Should like because the whole there's a complication as they try to get him back in his body where like because he's older because like he wasn't like Genlock compatible anymore really not fully. Um, right now he's in a coma. The suspicion that my partner has and I think it's a good one is that the ner- like the the nerve damage that was done to him in the mech is going to persist. And again, yeah. it's this whole, it's further giving lie to this idea that Genlock is this way to create, it reminds me a bit of homecoming in a way, this idea that you can erase what happens to soldiers at war Yeah, that you can just sort of scrub the damage clear. And wouldn't it be great if they could just be effective and like fully ready for combat forever? Well, there's, there's the moment with, with Cammy where she's looking at her memories. Yeah. She's like in her sort of gen locks state, I think like her operating system. She's like, or op- she's like in her OS and this is before it, this is before she... So she decides... The thing that you're talking about happens right before the right. other thing. So she's, like, looking at her memories, and she has, like, the fight in which she was, like, pinned down by Nemesis and, you know, was just completely vulnerable. And it's it's extremely traumatic. And she has the option to delete it and decides not to. And instead, what she does yeah. is boost her courage and boost her like uh aggressiveness um but but the memories remain right right because that's like her make- so i like that scene because that's her making her own clear judgment in 
and I like the other scene too for what it's worth. I'm not like – and the, delete that scene. Uh, I like that scene because it's her being like, okay, what is core to me? And she is saying, I'm the sort of person who will not undo what happened. I will continue to confront this mm-hmm. memory I had. But I'm also kind of techie and I like modding myself. Mm-hmm. I like building stuff. I like modifying who I am and how I express myself. Mm-hmm. I'm a little rabbit on the internet. <laughs> and so she's like, you know what? I'm going to turn up my courage and my aggressivity. And to her, that is an expression of herself. That, yeah. that is, And so I do want – I hope season two digs into that a little bit more. And I suspect it will because, again – She's a gamer. She's a gamer. Uh, one. <laughs> is she a furry? I think she uh, – I don't know. I think you can – So – She might be. She, she has, customizes she, her mech yeah. to have rabbit legs. And she always feels like yeah. just it doesn't feel quite right like with mm-hmm. her normal – like and initially it's – she has a physically different frame. That than is the, the cell others, they like, make. Yeah. Right. That, that's, huh. that's, their, 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 that's their deduction is, well, the proportions are wrong for her body. But, but then when she makes it, type. she makes it with like actual rabbit legs. Yeah. They always have the ears. Yeah. She might be a furry. Shout outs. Shout outs to Cammy. Shout outs. Like um, uh, Antifa furry. I have a question <laughs> for y'all. Well, really quick. The last thing I want to say on the yeah. modifying yourself thing is yeah. the end of the show is, is Chase, uh, Michael B. Jordan's character being like, fuck it. I don't have to worry about uptime anymore. Zip, 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 zip. Like, I'm turning myself all the way up. Cheat yeah. codes. And that is certainly just like a big heroic hurrah moment as he fights himself. That was the moment I wanted to ask. Yeah. Okay, well, what's your question? Is it... I mean, it's it's mostly heroic in that, like, literally somebody needs to hold off Nemesis and, right. like cover the squad while they get back to their bodies and sort of recharge for the final round. Uh, Like somebody needs to do that. Uh, At the same time though, my read on this is always like one of the things, again, his growing alienation from the Vanguard, his old friends there, Mm -hmm. uh, the increasing like early on in the series, his dream is to somehow maybe one day maybe get back to his body, right? Mm-hmm. And like to mm-hmm. go back to his old life in some way. Over the course of the series, and and uh for sure, uh Yaz is like explicitly encouraging this, right? That like those two have been sort of bonded in this program for longer than anybody else. And so she's kind of advocating, like, no, just let's let's just all commit to Genlock. Let, let's like Go into this forever. And what's interesting to me is like it just feels a little bit like toward the end there. Chase is a guy who's been looking for a way to burn that last bridge. Mm. Like it is a heroic moment. But also there's there's an element of and this is where I find it really fascinating. Uh, this idea of. The possibility of redefining self is presented as entirely positive, like in that scene with Val, for instance. Yeah. But there is also that element of has Chase just committed himself to like forever war, right? Like is is this kind of right. the dream now? Is this kind of a, a hurt locker situation, right? Where uh, you know, this is this is who I am now. It reminds me of a sequence we won't talk about in this moment, but towards the end of Dragon Prince season two, where another character has a similar moment where where he makes a decision where he's like, ah, this gets me out of this bad thing that has happened means I don't have to face this other decision I don't want to make anymore. I can see where you're coming from with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Yaz is in love with Chase, 100%, right? A hundred percent, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, yeah. it seems like it. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she's dope also. She's she has rad. Lasers. Well, she has she's lasers. also Right. Well, and she is from well, the union and Chase is like, Chase and Dr. Weller are the two people who are willing to take a chance on her early on. Well, and they all, and like Chase is equally isolated. Yes. It's yep. easy to see yep. where they yes. were to go. I also like, uh, related to Cam, I just want to at least briefly shout out uh, how, uh, I actually preferred the early parts of the Nemesis encounters because the way that, at that point just seemed like a creature, yeah. just targeted the head. And the God. moment when uh, Cam has, uh, uh, her, the, I mean, for all accounts, like her head ripped off um, through the way this like genlock system works, like just the way they, th- the screams, like the way it's portrayed and just the entire way Nemesis holds you down is is not concerned with, you know, you would think like this giant, like mechanical spidery thing mm-hmm. is going to like just try and rip you limb from limb. No, no, no. All it wants to do is tear your head off and like everything. It was just, I found it to be just like it was terrifying. Deeply, for a series that has clearly like budget and constraints in terms of like what it can show. So it has to be like very concise and effective about how it tries to do that and never really matches the action of like the first sequence at the Battle of New York. Mm -hmm. Never even really gets close, honestly. Um, But the the, the Nemesis stuff, when it chooses to instead ditch trying to be expansive and like grand because it's just, you see the money just like not there for it. But those intimate sequences and especially when um, Nemesis rips the head off cam, I just found to be like one of the most distressing, like little like 30 second moments in, uh, in the entire episodes. I think Shout out goes, to Maisie Williams. Yeah. Truly great vocal performance for some of these sequences in ways yeah. that were, you know, I think there are a couple sequences that fell a little flat for me all said throughout the entire show, but by and large, in terms of just getting me to care about who these characters are and rooting for them and being upset when they when they come under fire, mm-hmm. like it did a good job uh, in terms of all the performances. So and I think a lot of that, you know, has to go to what Patrick was just saying, which is doing a lot with a little um, in terms of and, ma- and that's what makes me like maybe the the resource crunch yes. is also why the show is what it is. Yes. I, I don't know how this stuff works. I'm sure like even if it's a major success, it's not going to suddenly have a bajillion dollars, but. For all the things that frustrated me about it were, are also probably contributors to the things I ended up really liking. And so the lack of battle sequences, the lack of, uh, uh, you know, if they could have shown more, maybe you would have seen more of the union because right. they could have shown a bunch. You know what I mean? So it's like I hope wherever they go forward, like they also don't lose that that core because ultimately I care less about the mecha fighting than I do about, like, what happens to these characters. Also, if you're good – next season – Give them some better fucking guns. Everyone's going out with pistols and like yeah. SMGs. Like, really? It's the future? These are the guns we're giving they the robots? They get up by the very end, right? But the very, like, it feels Val like an origin story. Val has a tight-ass, like, energy sniper by yeah. the end. No, that's good. But everyone else is running around with these, hey, like, uh, it just yeah, honestly they look like a little toys. weird. I think most of the, yeah, yeah. Cammy's is like that. I think Cammy, Cammy, okay, the last, the last episode, Cammy has, like, sticky grenades, which are dope. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kazu, very briefly, in a single shot, has some sort of, like, shotgun. There's a moment when the nemesis gets, like, flipped over him, and he goes, like, bah! And it shoots right up into its belly. And that moment is great, and I hope we get to see more of his, like, sword plus shotgun action. Yeah. I am also here for the mech combat. Wow, cool robot. <laughs> I just want a more detailed Chicago. Like, if you're going to have a brawl uh, you yeah, know, where was on that? the grounds of the they Field Museum. They said Lake Michigan, Rob. They said, like, I'm presuming it's over in, like, the museum row in, like, near Lake Michigan where Soldier Field is. Like, that's well, literally where the, the final f- showdown is in front of the Field Museum, right? That's, like, 
Right. The okay. final Which battle. has way more going on in that area than the show. <laughs> it's <laughs> Which, the future. Again, it's the future. Tell. You don't if, know what happened. They got rid yeah, of all that stuff. If your eye ever, if your eye ever <laughs> looked at like the geometry of the 3D <laughs> models, like beyond the fight, like don't look. Like you'll be blinded by the fact that like it's like one texture. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was yeah. so like go if you ever go back and watch Ruby, which is spelled R-W-B-Y, the first season of that, there were absolutely entire sequences where it's like they're in a major city with like people should be walking around and you hear it's like uh kingdom hearts on psp or whatever where you hear the like blah, 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 people are talking there's in the background no but there's there. no one around at all <laughs> and, like you gotta you gotta there's a degree to which it's like we want to make a show and we'd rather aspire to telling a bigger story than what we have the budget yeah. for fuck it let's do it's it it's just funny shout out to no 100 yeah. with you definitely also a game you know i just feel like Fucking every time someone decides to go to Chicago, we get shortchanged. Yeah. Watchdogs Watch fucked do- it up. Like, this show fucked it up. Like, show my goddamn city. Like, there's some cool stuff in Chicago, all right? Chance. Every- Talk to video. What? Oh, the bean. The bean wasn't there. There was no bean. Why you wasn't the bean there? You can't depict the bing. The, the bean. <laughs> Did bing buy the bean? Bing Microsoft's not a bing, but bing? a boom. <laughs> You'd Thanks. probably have to license it, wouldn't you? Yeah, Almost certain. that's probably. one of those bullshit yeah. sculptures that has like a, uh, it, like there <laughs> is a. Think, I'm thinking these. There is a reproduction rights element to it. So if Whoa. you depict it in a commercial work, uh, you have to like I believe, uh, like license its likeness, even though it is a piece of public art. Damn, I need to fucking build a bean and start selling that shit for royalties. True. That's where the money's at. Money's in the bean. Always remember. The bean in the Hudson Yards. Yeah, the future is uh, commodifying public spaces. Um, Shout out to the motherboard. And that's why the union is here. Ah, that's why. The union is breaking these these relationships. Finally. I mean, like, that's the the, the thing that's so fucking wild about not knowing anything about what the setting is, is we could come back next season and episode one could be like, the union, a terrible collectivist, you know, uh, federation. And like, oh, the bad guy. It's called the union already. The bad guy is, is communism. And we could just, like... All have to be like, oh fuck! But, mm, <laughs> we'll see. I'm very curious, but they didn't answer it yet. Yeah. So I like their nanotech. Nanotech is a good stand-in for the fear of collectivism. It's a bunch of little things working together to do more than what one big thing could do. So, you know. And it's like brain. It's like it's it, fucks. it infects your brain. It infects That's your right. brain. C- cultural Marxism. <laughs> what if cultural Marxism was a weapon? Well. And there's the entire, like, the polity's always horrified that, like, my God, they weaponized it. Yeah. And it's, like, it's always the sort of shock that, like, they had... Yeah, exactly. It's, like, they're always shocked that, like, there's an asymmetric pushback using other technologies <laughs> to, like, sort of subvert their dominance. Anyway, point is, season two could be really interesting. I'm be. also really interested in seeing, is David Tennant going yeah, around right? in, the, in the second season as that... Like, I think, my theory is... He is in that robot. Like, just like Chase, yeah, there yeah, is a yeah, yeah, fork yeah. of his personality. Dude, that's right. Like, my the favorite robot joke. is gazing longingly at his ex-wife. Yeah, my favorite joke is he goes like, ah, yes, he has all of my knowledge about science and research, but none of my wit. And then, like, the robot starts making the same shitty jokes <laughs> that he would make. And it's yeah. like, no, that's you in there, homie. That's just you. These yeah. are you're both bad at jokes. <laughs> um, one, of, one of my favorite sequences in the whole series was when uh, Weller is yelling at one of the 
the the robots on board at, at the military base like comes in to yes. bother him and he and he yells at him but like I'm gonna modify your voice blah 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 if you don't get out of here and then there's like a pause the robot looks up and looks over at the Weller's android assistant <laughs> like gives him a look like these fucking humans am I right That's- and then like zips away and was just one of those things that also like made me think a lot about like how does how do the AI of these or personalities yeah. of these like assistants work in this world? Because yeah. he made a conscious choice to be like the fuck, man, yeah. fuck this guy, and then warped out. I just thought it was like a really the show is full of little touches like that that it never really expands upon, but like hints at larger implications for the world itself. Hey, just an important update here. Yeah. Oh no. Um. So the actor who plays Kazu, yeah, Koichi Yamadera. Mm-hmm. Voices Donald Duck in Kingdom Hearts 3. Wow. <laughs> Yo, he's Spike from Cowboy Bebop. What? In Japan. No. He's great. Yeah. And he's Togusa in Ghost in the Shell. Wow. Whoa. And he's Ryoji in in, uh, in Evangelion. He's a lot of people. This, this is such a fucking cast. That's the uh, that's one of the other pleasures of the show. It is just... Yeah. Uh, Jesus it's, fuck. It's, it's he's also known... For voicing Jim Carrey and Eddie Murphy in the Japanese language releases of their respective films. <laughs> so hey, he's got that's like an upgrade. terrific comedic timing. He does. He does. He does. Uh, man, I like that's so that's the core of this for me. It's just like I like these characters. I would keep watching these characters. I think they have good interactions. I marked out when they did their like weird fuse thing, and they were like, "We're all gonna join forces now." Every sequence that they do that in, like, listen, I was there for it. I'm like, I, I have all the really, big, I have all the big question marks around it because I think it's fascinating for the show that has been so interested in can this person keep their identity safe and secure, yeah. um, especially because I think the thing I didn't get to before is the way I, for me, the season two prediction is the final thing that Nemesis says to Chase is kill all the copies basically mm-hmm. um as like a huge army of chases appears behind him they are going to mass produce that thing right like that is what season two if is they don't have a backup already that doesn't no, they yeah, absolutely they have. absolutely have mass produced chase yeah and are going to put out like shittier mass produced nemesis models yeah um uh but like I, even though i have all those question marks i'm still like you know what teamwork you know what i like these people i'm glad that they have found each other you're they maybe they should they shouldn't trust that like venture capitalist dude yeah i don't think they guy. should trust any scientists uh they can trust the engineer migus that dude's cool that dude's all right he keeps like trying to like put his arm around chase he's there for his bro i'm down with migus everybody else i don't know i get why they want to mind melt they are the only ones who know what it's like you know damn would you all Lots start of chew on there. a mech squad with me? Yeah. That was, I would you mind, answered that I would, way too quick. I'll would, be honest. I appreciate it, but that was that's too deep of loyalty. You should become more critical about who you trust. <laughs> that's my first order awesome. in my new mech squad. <laughs> I can promise you, yeah. I would not. Thank you. I would link up with you immediately. Damn. damn. Wow. The loyalty is real. I, would, I, have ne- I never liked in like Power Rangers, for instance, or any like I like the individualized character like mech models so much more than like the oh, sort me of too. 
big collector. And so I've always been like disappointed in the idea of sacrificing all that cool individuality for a generic, like boring Voltron type. That's why I like this because the mechs don't combine and I hope they never do. I don't want the mechs to combine and then make one super. Yeah. This is one of the reasons I'm not like a big Sentai like show person is because like, I like those individual, like when Power Rangers came out, I watched Power Rangers. I was down with Power Rangers. I know not all Sentai shows have that sort of Megazord esque thing, but uh, the part of the reason I kind of bounced off of that as I got older was I do just want to see the individual mechs. But what I like about this is it's not that they combine their mechs or their bodies. Those do stay individual, but they begin to work together like a well-oiled team, like a like as if they had like a really great coach, you know? Yeah. Or like as if someone was playing Doing erotic the ballet. Doing together. erotic ballet. That's right. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good. It's and very good. who among us? We'll learn more uh, about the steps of that that sensual dance uh, next season. Uh, but for now, we have to take a little break and say goodbye to Patrick before we're digging into the Dragon Prince season two. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, and we're back. Uh, so now it is time for us to dig into another uh, animated series that we got into last fall with its first season, uh, The Dragon Prince. And a few weeks back, they released their second season on Netflix. And um, I just wanted to check back in and see how we're all feeling about the evolution of the series. I've been particularly interested in how Austin would react to it because he had, uh-huh. I think the most profound reservations of any of us Is about the direction of the series. Ooh. First, we should say shout outs to Danica. Uh-huh. Mm. While I'm on it, also shout outs to Evan Narciss who, uh, did some writing on Genlock, including uh, co-writing the last episode. Oh, word. Evan is a personal friend of mine, former games journalist, great critic, comics writer, uh, wrote the series Rise of the Black Panther. Shout outs to Evan. You can feel Evan's touch on Genlock for real. And shout outs to Danica. All those who taut, is, toned butts. That's Evan right there. He wrote that's... that in the script. Uh, and shout outs to Danica for all of the feet in Dragon Prince, I guess. I don't fucking know. <laughs> Head of Community Development. Thank you is for looking. Her title. Thank you for pulling up her, her her Twitter in front of me where I can see this this Tag Goku. Tag someone who's always. Who's always horny Goku. Uh, <laughs> no, it just says tag someone mm-hmm. who's always. And then there's a picture. Yeah. Of sleepy Goku. He's just tired. He's just tired. Let him rest. Those are sleepy eyes. You ever, you ever have someone give you sleepy eyes and they're like, I got to take a nap. <laughs> I'm going to do some work around the bed. Tag someone. Napping. Yeah, tag someone who's always sleepy. <laughs> um, my reservations last year, Rob, were yes. that I really liked it, but I was a little afraid that Callum, one of the principal leads of the show, would become the de facto principal lead of the show and would become a sort of um, kind of like an uh, – I'm trying to think of like the best way of saying it. A 
the sort of uncritical fantasy of like boyhood empowerment mm. um, in which very specifically it's about how his innate abilities to do more than regular people would uh, put him at the heart of conflict of uh, around the world mm-hmm. and he would be uniquely suited to do something no one else could. And this is a thing that happens like, a lot in children's and YA fiction. Yeah. Um, the thing that I liked about the rest of the show so much was that no one else existed in a sort of vacuum the way I was afraid Callum might eventually. Mm-hmm. By which I mean everyone else's strengths were contextualized by – their relationships, by their personal flaws and weaknesses, and and by the kind of sociological position that they were put in. Rayla is this great assassin who doesn't want to kill people because she's a rookie, but also is torn between loyalty between the the elves and and uh, her new friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, C- Claudia is uh, a fantastic mage, but who's practicing a sort of magic that is. Uh, at the very least uh, compromised um, and whose relationship with her father, the kind of worm tongue-esque um, uh, wizard Viren, means that she could be used to to further the ends of true some truly evil shit. Yeah. Like all of the characters have those sorts of almost leashes on their talent that mm-hmm. that tie them down in such a way that they could not be a pure a purely good person yeah um, or a purely heroic figure because they're compromised by some connection mm-hmm. I will say that I am definitely disappointed that by the end of this season the thing that has specifically happened is Callum has become more and more free of those associations yeah. that would tie him down and becomes um even more of this sort of like boyish, like messiah figure not messiah figure but it becomes like the locus of power yeah i was frustrated with how also we should again say we're gonna have to dig in with spoilers with this yeah. it's been a few weeks like i apologize if that last thing i just said is feels like a spoiler to you without you know without going further i do just want to say we're probably gonna end up spoiling this a lot yeah i would really like to talk about spoilers yeah. because callum i feel like is this locus to be taught lessons. Mm. And I am not a fan of like marginalized or other people constantly having to teach like a white white boy boy how to be a better person. Um, And also I'm frustrated that Callum is like, you're right. He doesn't have anything tying him down. He. I mean, he, in a formal sense, too. I want to be clear. I don't mean that he doesn't care about people or things. Right. right I mean right. that the show, throughout the course of the show, by the end of the season, has like literally pulled away the various forces in his life that are interesting that keep him from just kind of being a font of power. Yeah. And that is. With the exception of, of like, Rayla yeah. and the dragon itself. But yeah. It's like, oh, I like that stuff. I like the complications. I don't want, I don't want them to be snipped away. Yeah. I, I was frustrated that Callum seems to... I... Hmm, hmm, how do I put this? I was frustrated with Callum because I think that it was, one, like, the teaching... The teaching like constantly teaching him lessons, constantly like other people having to make him 
better, like do work to to help him learn and be a better person. But also it's just like he constantly like mark it's it's a weird thing. Like the humans are it's a weird thing. The fact that, you know, humans are there's like this this uh idea or like concept that is ingrained into them that is like we are humans and we're born with nothing. It's like putting them yeah. in this like unprivileged like position that I don't think is real is like actual for them. I don't think that's very actualized. And Callum is kind of the locus for this because Callum doesn't have he's not a, an adept sword fighter and um you know doesn't hasn't been given the opportunity to learn magic. Um and is you know uh uh does not approve of of what dark magic is and i just i it's uncomfortable for me is what i'll say is is sort of how callum goes to these different places to like when he's okay the example i'm thinking of is when he is uh looking for to connect with the sky arcanum and is they he like jump gets off the boat with uh with zim and is like i'm gonna go up to that tower and i'm gonna grab onto this fucking lightning rod and i want it to shock me and i want to to hopefully inspire some sort of inherent magic within me and it's like that's just not you yeah like that's just not what you what you who you are and the fact that the season resolves with him being somehow like everyone works for it but callum i don't like yeah. callum gets traumatized to it which yes. is another conversation you could have is like he gets he uses dark magic that he saw Claudia do, and then he goes into this kind of like deep, dark mental state that eventually he emerges from, transformed from that experience to now have closeness to the Sky Arcanum. But like, he just like mimics other people. I would say Claudia spent years studying this yeah. shit, right? Like, like, even though fuck dark magic, personally, me thinks that dark magic is incredibly exploitative. And but the show knows that, right? It does know it, but yes, it does know it. It does know it. It does because it does. of the way like it frames like the deer shit. Like it's pretty. It's like yes. in fact the thing that it's I think the sinister. show doesn't know is that like ecological thought is more complex than nature versus technology at this point, right. and that we should actually be having some deeper, weirder questions about what it means to be what an ecology is and where humans fit in alongside animals. But I think they blah, blah, use blah. nature as a substitute for technology. Like I, there's they they don't talk about like advances in technologies or something. I mean, like dark that. magic is the tech, is that I'm right? That about, is right? what yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. say. That's what that's I'm what trying I'm to saying. Say. Yeah. But they're like the stuff that's like they're just they. It's like a very naive, and, and I'm not saying that like hunting is chill. This is actually not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the show is just like here is a cudgel. What if Claudia kills some deers? <laughs> that is the worst thing she could do as a character in that moment and then like hit you with it so that you know that dark magic is evil. Whereas like dark and light stuff, like I wish there was a little more, and maybe we'll get there. I bet we will get there to where like, Oh, the true history of dark magic is more complicated than you think. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I so, think you, well, go on, go, no, 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 go ahead. 
No, no, no. My thing's a different thing. So you have okay. another thought. What I was, what I was going to say is, I think what you were going to say about working for it is is important here because Callum mimics the people around him and ha- and happens to be successful with it, and then through the experience of like is, is success, successfully uh, draws runes and does spells mm-hmm. and things like that um, without having any sort of like knowledge of what the implications are or the context or mm-hmm. anything like that what the comp- consequences could be uh, which is how he ends up in that sort of uh, you know traumatic state after performing dark magic for the first time and the fact that it is that which awakens him into having a, a non-dark magic, like awaken, like that's how he becomes attuned to, like why, I, I just don't understand why he has to be made special and other than like the all other humans. Yeah. Like this, this seems to be- I have like a nightmare feeling about this, which is that like, oh, his dad was important. Like his dad was an elf? We don't know shit about who his dad is, right? Yeah. No, we just know that he passed away. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like not shook, but like, oh, please don't do- the like reveal that his dad was secretly X Y Z. I don't even know what that would be at this point. Whether it was an elf or like, but, like don't do like the magic bloodline heritage shit. And, I, and it hasn't yet. And mm-hmm. I think and there's stuff that it does. That I think is I, we've been dumping on this a lot. I think there's lots of stuff that second season does right. I think that like I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed. Yeah, totally. I like, think the only reason we're able to like dig deep in this sense is because we spent time with we it care. in a positive sense. But like yeah. But I mean, it's also a fact that this arc of Callum's is the central arc of the second season. Like Maybe. the second season, I think is largely is pretty, about this. I think Ezra's is pretty mm. key, but only because it's the lens through which you see the Viren and uh, what's Viren's what's I almost said what's Viren's partner's name. What's uh, Ezra's dad? No, Viren's dad's oh. name. His ex-partner, sorry, not his current Harrow. partner. Harrow. King Harrow stuff, which honestly was like kind of paced poorly for me. The middle of the season is like, I, I like flashbacks. I, I like, did not like Viren's storytelling moment. Me, yeah. that Well, it goes for three episodes. They're on that boat for three episodes. It was a lot of story. Also, they get off that boat and all the characters are all still right there. Why'd they get on that boat? They're still like Claudia and uh, Bro Soren are right there when they get off the boat. They're in the next episode. Yeah, it doesn't seem like they went very far. What? Well, where'd they go on the boat, Rob? Where'd the boat it's take a good them? Good point. That didn't. I that should have troubled. Why'd me. they get on a boat? They got on a boat to go to Zadia, right? Or are they fleeing something? No, they went to go to Zadia, and they get off the boat, and Claudia and Soren are there, <laughs> and there's end. They're at like a human town that gets attacked by a dragon. Yeah. I don't know what happened there other than here's three downtime episodes so we can do a long flashback sequence. Yeah. Um, while Viren is politicking poorly. <laughs> Viren, I got a great story. I'll bring everything into focus for you, kid. <laughs> here's how I fridged three moms <laughs> in, the, in the space of a weekend. Oh. That was not great, IMO. The the sacrifice of women and mothers. Moms, sometimes moms just get got, you know? I actually don't know. Wait, what happened to the other, what happened to the other two moms? I missed what happened. I know they're dead. They were also saving Viren's dumb ass. Did they get killed by saving Viren? They left. They, okay, so the sequence (laughs) is, they go to 
the they go to Zadia yeah. to kill a Titan. Yeah. To magma titan, ma- magma titan cool to get its heart, yeah. so that they can artificially change the weather. I like this, by the way. This, this is, is interesting. I like one of my favorite. So here's the actually the other side that I say I think illogically they get really well is throughout most of the show, except for Callum. There is this notion that ritual magic and that big magic has real cost, and it's understood as a sociological yes. and a material and an economical thing that like to. Cast a spell, like of course you would cast a spell to feed a hundred thousand people. Yeah, and of course you would kill what what you would decide to kill one thing. Yeah, but the, like the idea that that's situated as a soci- as a sociological choice and, and like a almost a choice of nation making, right? Because yeah. this is about this is about two states deciding to do this thing. Yeah, like I like that a lot, and I think that they do a decent job of keeping that question pretty yeah. centered to all I the think, big magic. Yeah, I think the portrayal of magic in general is like very. Uh, um, like obvious is not the right word, but like direct mm-hmm. in the sense it is it's like tangible and material yeah. in the sense that you like it's not just like waving your wand. It's like no, you have to be in a specific place. You have to right. have specific items. You have to be connected with a specific primal energy. You have to like it. It is like very material and like uh uh ritual yeah. ritualistic about about it and and that to me is like a very successful way of portraying uh magic in general but they go to kill this magma titan and as they're trying to escape daylight is breaking which means that the sun dragon i forget his name oh soul regnum soul regnum i somehow missed this is waking up gotcha and soul regnum is you know, like watches over Zadia for for trespassers and will fuck up trespassers. I thought it was Sol Regnum, but then I searched for this Sol Regum, Regum, Sol Regem, Sol Regem, maybe. Mm. Um. So anyway, they're trying to escape. At first, Viren is like, "Fuck the wounded, leave them behind." Right. And then they're and King Harrow's like, "Fuck you, we're bringing the wounded." And he's like, "You only do this because it's your." girlfriend your wife's sister and it's like no King Harrow's just not gonna leave behind wounded soldiers you fucking ass oh if I see Viren anytime it on is site. On, site. on site anyway uh, so they decide to all leave and then the sun's coming up and so the dragon wakes up and it's like Wah, I'm coming down sorry they don't roar we learned this oh already. fuck honk they're coming <laughs> down and uh, the two queens I need their two dope queens. The two dope queens are there. Are there female queens? Oh, here we go. Annika and Nea. Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson show up, <laughs> and and um, they're the queens of Durin. They say basically like you have already sacrificed enough for us. Now it is our turn to make a sacrifice for you. Um, so they take off to uh, hold. The down, like distract the dragon <laughs> to uh, f- for enough time to get the <clears throat> titan's heart out or whatever. And Viren is there for some reason. I don't know why. Viren, I guess, goes to try and hold it down too. But well, then, no, he feels guilty. Like, like he, he yeah. genuinely thinks he can stop them from sacrificing themselves. If yeah. He oh back yeah, yeah. And he c- casts the fucking freeze spell that doesn't do shit, and then. Fucking, oh, God, everyone dies so quickly. And then Sarai, who's the queen of um, Har- Harrow's wife and Catalus. the queen of Catalus, yeah. 
says like, well, if we don't have fucking Viren, this was all for naught. She's right. She's right. But she's also, right. But also, fuck Viren. But also, hundreds of thousands of people are going to die and Viren's going to die and whatever. So she decides she's going to go back and get Viren and save him. And then it, I, the, the two queens... Two dope queens. Two dope queens die, and Sarai gets like hit by the dragon. Yeah. Viren escapes. They're like they're on the horse. They're coming back on the horse. Yeah, and the horse gets hit, and yeah. she gets flung off in such a way that it kills her. Yeah, exactly. And it was just so I was so pissed that fucking Viren was the one who got to hear like Sarai's last words and it was just like this whole I mean I think it says a lot about the way Viren's character is now and perhaps like a little bit of who he was before but in terms of like his thirst for power and things like that the way that he told this story and like centered him in the middle of it as like the locus of of all of this and the locus of you know he's telling this story to the queen's daughter yeah. the, the new queen um uh who thankfully sees through his shit yeah and she's and i was i was so happy yeah that this happened this was like such a highlight for me that anya their daughter the new queen of Durin, um was like Thank you for telling me that story of my mother's sacrifice and death. I'm still not going to fucking band together with you and send like my people to die. Also, yeah, she's don't trust line, you right? for shit. She's like, like, I cannot repay the death of 100,000 with the future waste of a million lives or something yeah, like that. And yeah. Like, yep, good. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was good. Um, I was really pleased with, with, uh, with that part with of it. With that character, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that stuff is tough, and it's it's frustrating because it's the ve- it's the vector by which we finally understand more of what the world's. Like we're talking about Genlock not knowing what the, who the factions are or what, how the world is organized. It's nice to have gotten some of that with the Dragon Prince. What are the five kingdoms? Who are they? What who leads them? What happens if someone wants to make a decision? It's nice to have gotten some of that. I do wish it hadn't come through this particular like drawn out. Uh, uh, flashback sequence mm-hmm. that also for me just felt like a huge loss of momentum. Mm-hmm. I, I left that first season with a lot of momentum is really what I yeah. want to say. It's like we're going to step into Zadia now mm-hmm. and we're not. Like we're going to do another nine episodes of walking the final 10 yards into the, yeah. into the end zone. Yeah. And that that can work. I'm not saying that it can never not to not to ever do that but like yeah. you you're end up cashing you end up writing a check that you need really incredible characterization to cash because at the end of the day what if the plot isn't the engine by which my like interest is going to be driven I then need to just want to spend time with people if we're not right. going anywhere then like if my car if the car breaks down yeah. I better be with some people who I like spending time with well that's the whole thing it's like the first season takes place over one week yeah and the second season takes place over a few days maybe maybe. and yet it feels because of that like long flashback sequence it's like i think that's like a really uh apt uh description of like that sort of loss of momentum of not i was like all the way there and then i was like pulled back in a way that i was like where okay so what who 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 
Rob, did you have this or were you more on board than we were? I don't, again, I, I don't want to really say like, like it. Again, yeah, that's the thing. Is I'm like, going to watch the third I'm, season. The only the reason book. why I'm like going so hard on this is because I fuck, I like really, really care. Like I, I genuinely, genuinely super care about these characters. I genuinely like want to see Ezra and rule the world and talk to animals and be really great and cute and I want to see what happens with Amaya like I want to like Rayla is like such a good character Gren even like the old like the ultimate optimist like chained in the dungeon oh, chained for... up instead of chained down <laughs> great line it's just like it's really good like I, I I genuinely like love these characters so much and Corvus was like a really interesting mm-hmm. new addition mm-hmm. and I'm like really um excited to like see how he uh becomes like yeah yeah exactly so the only reason why i'm punchy is because i care damn rob do you care um stopped yeah i do okay yeah i may have uh no I, i think okay um where i'm at with this is there are a lot of things that are being compressed and that is robbing them of their, their efficacy. Yeah. Like I think every single problem the series, the series is having is it is being, we are rushing through it on speed. Callum hasn't been disempowered long enough for him to have sacrificed anything. Like literally <laughs> the thing that made his arc potentially interesting was that like when the chips were down, he immediately destroys the fucking trapped storm that made him special right. without a second thought. And it's like, okay, maybe there's the makings of, a heroic character here. And then in the course of like eight episodes or however many it is, 13, nine, I I can't nine. Jesus. I think it's nine. Uh, Over the course of this really compressed season, he goes through this whole arc of like, Oh man, I just really want to get my magic back and it's back. That's it. Uh, it, it, it turns out like he is, he is tempted by dark magic for like a split second. Yeah. Yeah. And then he is given what apparently is an unprecedented for humans, like gift of access to sky magic never happened before. Uh, but he was apparently sufficiently sad about it. And, uh, you know, do we think shaken enough by the D six gives him the power, the dice, the die. I don't know if, Ah. I don't like it either way, honestly. I don't yeah. think... <clears throat> I don't need this. Think about... It comes from Erebos. Right, who... Who is hot. Okay, who's hot. Fair. And... But, okay. <laughs> wow. Flustered. Uh, Here is my thing. <laughs> okay, so the mirror... Uh huh. Talk to me about the mirror. Was in King Harrow's bedroom. True. Facing their bed. And the whole season, Viren's like, why would they have a mirror in their bedroom? There must be significance to this. Wait. Are you sure it's in the bedroom? Yes. No, it ain't. It was in the bedroom. It was because I wouldn't have had this thought in my mind. Did you see some art? I wouldn't that have been poisoned. It- hmm. Is the mirror okay, hold on. in the dragon prince in the bedroom? No, no. Yes, not. it was. It okay. was in their bedroom. And then and then Viren is like, it must be significant if they kept no, it so not. close. I swear to God. Okay. The mystery so of the Viren, mat- Uh-huh. Mm, that says bedroom here on polygon.com. 
Viren. It says, uh, the mystery of the magic mirror plagued Dark Ma Mage Viren for most of the first season. He explained to his daughter Claudia that the dragon king and queen kept it in their bedroom. Thank you. The dragon king and queen, not the dragon king and queen of Catullus. Right. Wait. Not Harrow. Yes. Wait. Yes, you're right. Wait. Yes, you're right. Wait. It was in, because it's in his, like, yeah, no. Harrow and Sarai weren't getting what? down in front of Erebus and being like, it's better this way. It Wait. was the, so. The dragon was okay. fucking in front of it. Wait, it's in the dragon's bedroom? Yeah, the dragon king is the dragon. Not the prince, the dragon prince is Zim, the dragon. It's not like a an epithet for. They're not like Chinese emperors where like oh, Ezrin is the young dragon okay. prince. <laughs> Hold on, you're telling me that Ezrin is not the dragon prince? It's a it's a double meaning clearly because he's going to become the dragon prince because he can talk to dragons. But the dragon. Rob, Rob, somebody throw me a life raft, please. Okay, so all right, let's go through this. Why so would in the first dragons one, in have the, a mirror in their bedroom? Because it's a prison. Because, because it's a supermax prison. Right. Yeah, because they've this locked is, in this evil motherfucker. This is motherfucker. the thing that Viren is too is too he ain't seen Superman to too. get. <laughs> yeah, ba yes, basically. Yes. So Viren doesn't understand why was this in the bedroom? What, what's special about this mirror? When he shows it to the elf, the elf like recognize it, recognizes it and shuts the fuck up. And the thing is, Virian is keeping this mirror secret. I'm not even sure Harrow knew it was in the building. Uh, no, because it's, it's first hidden season, in like what super secret in his in study. The, ca the castle. How the fuck did they get the mirror from the dragon prince's room? Because they assassinated the dragon king. They killed the dragon king. This the is premise the premise of the show. I thought they did that shit in the wild. No, so this is so this is the entire thing, and this is why this is where things get really interesting with Viren. First of all, is the story Viren told the whole truth? Right. Like, is he uh, like did Sarai just die on that mission? Right. No, I uh, think it's all a lie. That's why it was contextualized with the letter where King Harrow's like, "History is a t tale of lies." Right, Harrow, and then. <laughs> So the other thing is Sorry. like Viren, I just speak at least truth. his justification for going after the Dragon King was kind of this like vendetta killing against for, for Sarai. Basically, he convinces Harrow years later to basically pay back uh, the Dragon King. Yeah, but for the Dragon King isn't fucking. But that's not why Viren did Ragnum it. or whatever. Soul Ragnarok. That's his name. But, when, but when Viren interests him. What interests Viren the most? Is and I think actually uh, Sol Regnum might be the Dragon King. No, it has Regnum right in the name. Yeah. Uh, Thunder was the arch dragon of the sky and the most recent king of all the dragons. That was the okay. one. That was the one. But there could be is a that new the one dragon show at the end. Then no, the one Sol at the end is, just, is that's the king. That's the new Sol Regnum. Maybe is that the new king with like the, the cool king? mask face and like the like the metal and the hat. The king is the but blue the one. The crown. The king was the blue one. Thunder is the one's like, yeah, that has like a beard and is blue. I'm sorry. But it's anyway, it's a honk. Honk. The point is, honk. yeah, honk. The point is, so Viren, the whole first season is obsessing over this mirror. And he's yes. not telling anybody what he's working on. And so then, second season, he's moved it down to the basement. Now he's really putting in time and like just like concentrating on this thing, trying to figure out what's it for. If the dragon king and queen had this thing in their chambers, it must be important. He thinks it's an artifact of power. It never occurs to him that they were keeping an eye on it. It right. never occurs to him that this thing was like it wasn't 
you know, the dragons a were keeping an eye on the mirror? Yes. And because looking at Erevo- Erevos? Did you Is notice Erevos how Erevos seems to have nothing to Is do? Is Erevos in jail? Yes. <laughs> He's trapped in a mirror. He's, tra- he, when, He's when- trapped in there? I thought it was just like... A communication system where Erevos is like deep in Zadia somewhere on a no, tower. No, he's fucking banished. He's yeah. He might he be been... somewhere, but he's not like like I like the minute the mirror only shows one room, and yes. Erevos just seems to alternate between like hanging out in a study and going off to like some other room, but like spends a lot of time in that study. The entire thing felt felt sort of like caged animal. Yeah, like right. He's in a mist book. Right, like yeah. he's been trapped in there, and he does this like whole weird blood spell so that he can talk to someone for the first time ever, and immediately, like that shit is about him moving his power, like be- being able to get a little bit of a crack back into the real world outside where he oh, can start doing shit. He bad. Yeah, he's bad, Natalie. He bad. <laughs> he might also be bad in She's that into sense. It. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. This is the problem. Is like he, his skin is made, made of hot. starlight. Yeah. Like, his skin is made of starlight. How can you not? Uh, but that's a true. That is true, right? He's actually a star elf or something. Oh. Okay. Yeah, he's not moon. Sh- he's not a moonshade. He's not a moonshade. Right? No. Also, just a side note. A thing I do love is the master. I do love that. Like the elf illusionist they meet at the end of the first season. Oh. Turns out to be not a sage Yoda-like giver of wisdom, <laughs> no, but she's a master all. of deception and deceit. And like <laughs> yeah. when you go to her for advice, she just gives you various versions of you know you could just lie to him. Mm-hmm. I love. Isn't that. the truth? I know, love that Rayla just like relative. figured it out for herself. She like comes up to her and is like, "Hey, what should I do about you know telling the truth to people you love even though it's going to hurt them. She's like, you should lie. And she's like, no, you fucking shouldn't. You should tell the truth. And she's like, that's what my first three husbands said. (laughs) And I was like, this is great. This is like, I love this. I love that the older wise-ish character doesn't have to be the older wise-ish character. Like, it doesn't have to be like the sage advice She's tricking people and eating some worms. Yeah, that was great. That was really great. Uh, but I think the the thing that does intrigue me about Viren is that I did I did like what his flashback revealed, which is that for him, he lives in a moral universe where the worst thing has already happened. The worst thing is inevitable, and therefore anything you do to prevent the worst thing from coming to pass is justifiable. And it really sort of snaps into focus, like how Viren can go through all of this and still believe that fundamentally he's the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. Because for him, it's always we are hurtling toward the cliff, we are hurtling toward the abyss. And therefore, whatever we do to prevent that is justified and mm-hmm. we have license to do it. And nobody fully like grocks how dangerous that makes him for. Always being convinced that like his worst case scenario is the is the one that is inevitable and there's no other path except his prescription mm-hmm. to avoid it. Um that said, do you think like I hated Harrow's solution to the fucking famine? 
we will kill. kill we will share their fate and 50,000 of our people will also die morally you just killed 50,000 people like there were 50,000 people who were not going to like perish in a famine and you were like i think what is fair is, is that, that these 50,000 people die like it's a, it, I think that it's is like still a, a choice. I think it's like a Saturday morning cartoon version of trying to communicate the weight of being a leader. Yeah. Right? Which is yeah. like, if you have the ability to keep 50,000 people of one of your allies from dying by sacrificing your own, do you make that choice? Yeah. It's like, and the, do you, su- do you share in the burden? Yeah. And like, I think it's like a, uh, it feels so much like a fable as to be difficult for me to start to take a part in that way yeah. because it feels like a weakness of the form that they could not d- dig into a, m- a more yeah. specific and and realistic dilemma of world leadership. The neighboring kingdom was menaced by an out-of-control trolley. <laughs> right, and- yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, like, that is what it is. Um, and, like, there's a world to do that. There's a word, uh, a way to do that, which is about, like, uh, tariffs and about whether or not you station troops in the right place where you know you'll lose some of those troops but in doing so you'll be able to protect trade routes and blah 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 that you know rulers around the world have done for eons and eons and militaries and, and states but instead they were like hmm what if we just give them the food which I don't know what food it is or how they're transporting it it looks like it just bread the only food I've ever seen a human eat is just bread <laughs> in this world there is was a baguette uh, worms we've oh. seen f- two types of food in this world baguettes and worms that look like good food yeah and that's it that's it um, elves however ba- over in Zadia it looks yum 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 all those fruits yeah I the the question of Harrow's leadership and like what Harrow is such like a cookie cutter good dad king who's like you can change you don't have to be a king you don't have to be tied down to the past you can be whatever you want you also share the burden every time it's like the most like whitewashed cleaned up version of what like feudal hierarchy could look like and like ah yes the noble king the king who who wear noblesse oblige like I have the responsibility to make the hard choices but I'm gonna do it with the heart of an average person mm-hmm. like all right it's it's I he's cool I think he's cool I hope that he isn't jealous of Viren's new boyfriend and I hope that as living as a bird which I'm still certain he's doing that oh if that he should eat the bug Ooh. Oh, damn. But the bug's in his brain now, so that's not going to happen. Delicious grub. Yeah. Yeah, the bug went inside his But brain. also that bird just didn't show up this season, did it? Did I miss that? Um, there. I don't I know, because I, like, watched... Uh, you watched it all at once, right? I watched it all at once, um, and I can't remember if the moment in which uh, Viren goes up to the bird and is like, won't you sing a song or something gross... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, was in the first or second season, but yeah, we didn't see that bird. I wonder where he's at. <gasps> hey, if Ezrin gets home, yeah. and talks to the bird, mm-hmm. he's gonna talk to the bird. He's like, "Oh, bird, I miss my dad." And then the bird's like, gonna be like, "I am your dad. It's me. <laughs> hey, it's King Harrow. I'm still here. You're not the king yet." And then the bird is gonna die saving Ezrin, and he's like, "Dad, you're really dead now. No." And that's going to be really heartbreaking. Fuck. Yeah. But yeah. he's going to eat that bug and break the control that 
Avarasos. I don't think Erevos even has that much control over. I don't think it's Viren. control, but he has power in this in the world. He's now. like He's working through him, but yeah. not without Viren's want of it. Not right now. Okay, so. Look at the progression we see, though. First, he's yeah. just, like, giving suggestions to Viren, and Viren can, like, take or leave them, and Viren, like, disconnects the earpiece and is like, I'm done with this for now. <laughs> uh-huh. And then later, at, like, as the shit, like, as the chips are down, Erevos is like, just do what I say. Yeah. And he totally, like, if you've watched uh, Person of Interest, there's this thing, God Mode. That like the super AIs basically have these, uh, like, they have, uh, like, human agents who just literally are taking like almost marionette instructions I need to over in your piece. And this is what Erevos does to Viren by the end where Viren is just like a vessel for instructions to be put into. And like Erevos is almost controlling him like voice command video game. And that's before he gets into his fucking brain. Literally crawls in there and sells him out and is like, you know what? No, sorry. There's nothing we can do now, which is bullshit. You know, Erevos. you. Right, but I'm with you. There's a there's a great delivery early on with Erevos, or I guess not that early on because he's only in the last like four episodes, where he says like, um, "Viren's like, why should I trust you?" And he's like, "You shouldn't trust me yet." And the the ways in which it's delivered is not like I'll earn your trust so much as like yeah. I'm going to You'll get you. Me. You will be me, or you will have to trust me eventually. Not because you've chosen it, but because I've demanded it, and because you will not be able to resist it anymore. Which you know, mm-hmm. that's, uh, you know, I'm just saying that Viren keeps a lot of powerful men in his life, and he could step away and chooses not to. And I think that there is something about him that likes being the underdog of sorts. Uh, here's uh, a here's agreed. a note, real quick. I want to wrap back around to the Callum thing because I realized something, yeah. which is like, where the fuck have I seen a story about uh, a boy? who has some natural talent but like is trying to figure out how magic works and like elemental magic and like trying to like puts a lot of work in like the whole thing is like ah eh, if only i could learn how to control the other elements <laughs> and but it's but it's a journey it's not just like he gets a box and then he has a hard night and he sleeps through it and mm-hmm. he wakes up in the fever Tell me but more. it's like the whole thing what if there was like it's almost like the elements he's trying to what if he like knew kind of one? He knew one, which we like. Uh, well, what if it was like? Uh, hmm, what could it be? Like, like air stuff, like clouds, clouds, sky, type. sky, type yeah. stuff, wind. You wind. know, it's funny that Callum ends up with sky. Yeah, but anyway, so what if he like traveled around with friends, with friends around the world? Yeah. To learn more about the different types mm-hmm. of magics out there, and then he was like a stand-in for the magic, almost like he represented the magic in the world, like a. I mean, obviously, the world is like depending on him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Ah, uh, fuck! What like an avatar, maybe of the? No, element. it's not an avatar. It's Harry Potter. Oh, what if Harry? What? Yeah, in Harry Potter. <laughs> okay. But so my point is, we have the model. We know it works. Yeah. In which, and the, one of the differences in the, is is about scale, right? Like this avatar is an eight is... episode season and a nine episode season. Avatar is fifty episodes, avatar... seventy episodes. Last air. It's it's long. It's something like that. I'm looking it up, everyone. Thank you. Okay, 20 for book one, 20 for book two, 21 for book three. Uh, 61 episodes is a lot of episodes of a show to be able to really develop that arc. Mm -hmm. And and to me, like, this is a formal problem with this format that is hard to to, uh, account for. 
And I think this is like part of why I left Genlock feeling positive. And part of why I felt I left uh, Dragon Prince 2 or book 2, chapter 2, feeling more conflicted is it feels like the Dragon Prince wants to operate at the speed of Avatar. Yeah. But with 21 minute episodes, 22 minute episodes where plot moves every three or four episodes. They get on a boat, three episodes later, they get off the boat, they learn something new about the world, but that learning took three episodes. Every episode of Genlock is like, no, we're going to go big. Like, yeah. all right, we're going to introduce a new idea and execute on it that in a way that would normally take a full arc of a 70 episode or 61 episode yeah. TV show. We're going to deliver on that immediately. Yeah. You go from some stuff at the beginning of that season. I've realized some people might be listening who did not, who skipped the Genlock stuff for spoilers. So I'm not going to spoil it. But when you talk about the state of a character in that show yeah. that we discussed in the first half of this, this episode, yeah. changing multiple times, yeah. that's the sort of thing that would normally take 21 episodes, yeah. 25 episodes, yeah. 26 episodes of a season of a show. And here they're like they're in in Dragon Prince season 2 it feels like they're still moving on that scale but don't mm -hmm. have the space to do that. Yeah, I mean when you think about Avatar in even Legend of Korra having episodes that don't move plot along at all but are just characterization and just like there are episodes of Avatar where nothing happens except Aang hanging out with his friends. Mm -hmm. And like getting into goofy hijinks and it doesn't have to do with the state of the world it doesn't have to do with, you know, uh, the Fire Nation or whatever. It is literally just like the characterization and, and showing and showing who who these people are. And I I I wish like are we are we gone from that world? Like, have we the departed world of... the world of Avatar and Legend of Korra in which you have. 20 well, we, we live in episode an seasons. Age. What? We live in an impoverished age for stuff like that. I do think, I think there are structural problems to getting series done like that now. Yeah. Well, first of all, they're expensive as shit. They're expensive as shit. True. Uh, second of all, I like both of these shows use uh like 3D type animations which i'm are the is that more expensive than no it's cheaper it's cheaper it's than doing cheaper. avatar way cheaper that's why okay. they're doing it yeah, okay. yeah 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 so like for me it's like are we just in this sort of netflix slash streaming era of television in which you get 9 max 10 episodes a season and you have to sell that season because there's no guarantee you're going to get another one. Like, I feel like, I, again, I don't work for uh, Danica could tell us a lot more. I bet. But, but probably couldn't because she can't. Well, obviously, but. yeah, she could not. But, uh, but yeah, I just, I worry. Are we like, are we so far gone from... Is it, are we just like is that no longer an option to be able to have twenty season or twenty episode seasons of animated series? Well, anime, but anyway. Well, that's the thing is like the thing that I was going to say is anime, but yeah, go ahead, Rob. Sorry. No, I mean like literally, this is a this is a part the economics of animation and anime. I have never understood the historical arc because like for like in the late eighties, early nineties, yeah. Yeah. Anime in particular looks fucking incredible. Yeah. Like there are a lot of series. Like admittedly, this is me sort of cherry picking from like yeah, if you look at Cowboy a lot Bebop, that looks not bad, every but... series looked like Cowboy Bebop. And Cowboy Bebop was expensive and short. 
is the other thing to understand. Yeah. It's only 26 episodes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of money to put into a 26-episode show. Mm-hmm. I think it looks fantastic. There's a lot of Ghost in the Shell standalone complex that, like, is clearly a cut yeah. below yeah. what they did with the movie or with, like, or with the likes of a Bebop, but it's still good animation. Yes. And that's All a longer show. Stuff. That's two 26-episode uh, se- uh, series. Third one's coming, and I'm curious how long it'll be. But all this stuff is kind of eons beyond a lot of what you see. Like, dude, this weekend I, I was watching uh, the new Legend of Galactic Heroes. Yeah. Uh, just the opening to see how it I've still haven't seen it. I can't bring myself to because I'm not in the place yet. I will. Yeah. I will. I'm not even judging it yet. I'm not prejudging it, but I am in a space. But it's, it's like it didn't it's it's not offensive. There's some things that are nifty about it. There's like. Look, I love spaceships. I love seeing them shoot. Mm-hmm. But it is wild to compare the crudeness of the animations and movements of the characters in that series versus what was done with the original Legend of Galactic Heroes yeah. like 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's wild to contemplate the gap between those two things. And literally, I just don't I do not understand why it was possible to have for a lot of series a kind of baseline quality of like pretty decent animation and like yes they cut corners in Legend of Galactic Heroes too. Um, there's oh, a lot of wide did. shots of conference and, rooms. I mean, there's a moment in Legend of Galactic Heroes that I th- I'm sure you're past where it gets the animation changes in a way that I think was to make it cheaper. Um, that does yes. happen, and that happened a lot. And it happens the other way in shows too, right? If you take if you go back and look at when um, Sailor Moon Crystal first started. There, the thing that was happening a lot there was like the show would air and it would look bad. You'd get lots of off-model drawings. And then when it hit Blu-ray or DVD, they had touched them up to make them look good. Oh, that's interesting. Um, that like the the economy around this stuff is fascinating. I don't understand most of it either. The other thing is the, the funding model for anime is so different because of the way sponsorships sell and our sponsorships are part of a, an animated thing. Like you can just straight up have a record label or a, a car company or whatever like be your main sponsor for oh, an entire wow. show uh, in a way that does not exist in, for the most part here in the States around these sorts of shows um, because the economy around it is different. The market is different there. Mm-hmm. Whereas like here, the, when, when, you know, 15 years ago or whatever, when last airbender starts, yeah. uh, it is 14 years ago when that started. Holy shit. Um, that is, sorry, Kato. Kato feels old now. Uh, the market for that sort of long, kind of uh, plot-heavy, young adult style. It's like I mean, I guess it's it's sort of middle middle grade-ish in some ways, but like more serious storytelling inside of the children's mm-hmm. animation space in the U.S. was still so nascent. Uh, had barely been proven out. There's lots of people who loved anime and who who knew that the form could handle it, pitching it and trying to get big, um, like budgets for it yeah and my real question is like maybe the payoff wasn't there right like maybe the the ages of batman the animated series and like it didn't all that money we could we could spend that money on three different shows that are cheaper to make and it's fine or like at the same time the other the other half of that question is like is it just that if you're netflix and if you're hulu and if you're Amazon, what you're going to do is take – instead of giving one company a million dollars or 10 million – whatever the net mon- that number is probably much higher than a million dollars, $10 million to make a 26-episode season of Avatar, why are you not giving five companies that money 
uh, individually cut down to try to throw something at the wall and then see which one sticks. And you're basically doing A-B testing with entire shows to see where you actually want to put the rest of that production budget. Well, I feel like that might have been what happened with The Legend of Korra in the in – the, uh... Like the last, the entire last two seasons of Legend of Korra weren't aired on TV. They were only aired huh. online. Wow, I didn't know that. Um, some people have said that it's because the uh, show became more like mature and like for that reason they took it off air because mm-hmm. it was like dealing with more mature themes than uh, like Legend of Korra is, is generally like a more sort of like mature version of what happens in uh avatar the last airbender um i mean the characters are just a little bit older and they also age a lot more during the the show itself but but yeah i'm like i don't know i hope i want there to be a 15 episode uh season of dragon prince like Mm -hmm. i want that extension i also want that for genlock i think that would be um I think it would serve the show super well. Maybe Genlock not as much um, because it's, at least for what we've seen so far, it's like a lot tighter. I think it adjusted for the format, right? Right, right. And that is a hard thing to do. I, this is such a weird, like, I'm not trying to plug my own shit, but I have in the last year been thinking a lot about how would I turn a season of Counterweight or or uh, Twilight Mirage or any of the other Friends at the Table seasons mm-hmm. into a comic book or into a TV show. What's what's that process look like? Yeah, this is the thing that I so Friends at the Table is a storytelling podcast that I do with my friends. Mm-hmm. It's an actual play podcast um, where we play tabletop games and kind of tell stories inside of it. Mm-hmm. People here know what the fuck that is. Um, and that is I looked at something like Counterweight, and that's like eighty three hours of audio all said. Right, that's twelve arcs or something. How do you turn that into a TV show or a comic? And what are the choices you make to cut away at that thing mm-hmm. and say like, well, sure, there are 100 characters in the course of this season. What if we made it 30? Uh, what if this character entered earlier? And how do you adjust for that different format? And I am a fucking amateur at it and would be completely overwhelmed uh, by it need- if I had to do it, especially if it was something I had to do all by myself. And so like the idea of that for a team of people who had made, and I know that this is, I guess we haven't said this explicitly, but the team behind Dragon Prince includes people who worked on Avatar and Korra. Mm -hmm. And it can feel like they want to spread their wings like a dragon would, but the their wings are tied down by this budget. They're chained down. They have weights on them. They're constrained in a way that prevents them from using the same techniques and pacing and storytelling that they're used to using in that broader format. Right. And that's a that's a difficult thing. Whereas like for the Genlock team, they are digital natives. They're digital first, right? Mm-hmm. The the Genlock team is is or like the the Rooster Teeth animation team cut their teeth on Red versus Blue. They cut their teeth on Ruby when Monty Ohm was still alive. Rest in peace, Monty Ohm. He was making like short animated like three D the the dead or alive characters fighting the Final Fantasy characters mm-hmm. for digital audiences mm-hmm. and like working inside of that space. It is not. It is not uh, a mountain you cannot climb to, yeah. to transition from one to the other. But I do think that that's part of what is happening with the Dragon Prince. Mm-hmm. On top of all the other stuff that we're talking about in terms of just story stuff with Callum. But like, if you get the fifty episode season or the twenty six episode season, then maybe we actually feel like Callum learned something because it doesn't just happen overnight. Because 
the sorts of big picture changes that they're that they're that are going through in terms of him learning something. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that learning on the screen, but nor is it just choices about who he is. The way some of the choices in Genlock happened, where those right. are choices that they set up that you understand why it's happening the way it's happening. Yeah. It's not about sudden aptitude. It's about deciding how you move through the world. Yeah, and it feels quite natural. Yeah, it does. Like even though Genlock is sort of rushed the context in which these learning moments or these like transitions happen feel very natural like being in the genlock uh uh you know i i what i'm yeah, not you also don't want to spoil yeah i don't yeah. want to spoil it so you'll go back to <laughs> the first half if, if you're curious if you're curious about what we're talking about but it feels very natural where those tra- where those like l- learning moments those transitions happen and in in Dragon Prince, I can't help but feel like it is is just it is they're just like battling with the format yeah. and battling with the 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 circumstance. And I'm sure they know this. This of is not they're pros. They make yeah, the show. I'm fucking... sure they're like fuck. I wish we had another twenty episodes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <sighs> but um, it does lead to stuff like uh, you know the Elvish assassin Rayla. Like about to declare her love to a guy that literally have like they have known uh-huh. each other for like a week and a half. Like right. the time is so yeah. compressed. Also, it just feels like a moment shoved into yeah. the middle of episodes that are already trying to move too many pieces forward. Yeah. Um, and you don't have as much time with them as like the moments where that happened in in like I hate to compare it to like Avatar The Last Airbender, but it is like a similar format of like kid and makes you're not rooting for them the way you are for like zuko and his goth girlfriend (laughs) true but like uh, even the moments the moments in which like uh katara like catches herself before or like ang even catches himself before like accidentally declaring like his love for for the for her or Hmm. her for him it is like you you feel that hesitation more and Mm -hmm. like just because you've spent more time with them and you have like that that comedic timing feels it lands better a little bit. Uh, but in this situation, it felt kind of paced on like, oh, at, at first, like Rayla was like, oh, Callum's fine. Like he's just sleeping. Like he's a fool for trying to use dark magic. And then yeah. very quickly it changes to, Ray- oh, there's is, something uh, wrong with Callum and like I'm devastated over it. Is, is this part of so because I'm thinking about Genlock again I know we're, we're going to put these two things in conversation uh, because we're doing it in the same episode but like I wasn't bothered when Yaz is is very clearly interested in Chase right pretty early on in the season where she is like and well you know they have a history well, that's one but I think two they are more subdued Yaz's interest in Chase is subdued it is the interest of an adult in another adult it is yeah, again, it's still YA. It is still like these are still bigger than life pictures of who, who people are. These are yeah. not. This isn't naturalistic, you know. Writing. This is not. Uh, we're looking at a character's journal, and they're. You know what I mean? Like this it is still cartoon. Yeah, it's not Pride and Prejudice. It's not. It is not Lizzie confiding in Jane, which yeah. still. Please add Max. Would love it, <laughs> um, but because because of the cartoonish grandeur of Dragon Prince, you know that that eventual um, confession mm-hmm. 
is going to be this gigantic swelling thing uh, in the in the again the kind of storytelling mm-hmm. or, or kind of a, a fabulistic sense. Yeah. Uh, very just fantastic and big and bold. And I'm not necessarily it, against well, it. Well, except that yeah. I think that to do that, you need 40 episodes. Yeah. Whereas to do the like, my heart is kind of pulling me towards this other person and like, oh, I know it's complicated, but like, oh, we have this history and like, oh, but he's hung up on his ex. Like yeah. that stuff worked for me in Genlock because it's not as bold as what I know what Rayla wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. Dragon Prince has that. What? Who is With, it? Uh, Claudia? You say Callum and Claudia. Claudia and Callum. Oh, no. No, they want it. I'm not saying, I'm not saying like this, this is not a shipping argument. Okay, this thank is, God. Here's why those moments in the early part of the season worked yeah. is because there is complicated emotional terrain there and the series stops mm-hmm. to pay respect to it. Mm-hmm. Claudia is there for... A secret mission her father has her on. She yeah. is there, like, she does not have Callum's best interest at heart. She is there to get them to come back and do what she wants them to do. Mm-hmm. She needs to get control of the of, of the dragon prince, um, which is not Ezrin, but in fact the dragon. Oh, okay. Uh, but <laughs> there is also an element of there are two, like, young teenagers who are also starting to realize that they may actually be interested in each other. And well, Callum, certainly Claudia is sort of trying to figure it out. And so there are interactions there that are kind of like loaded and full of small details and like an organic feeling development over the course of those early episodes in the second season Mm -hmm. that the Rayla arc never has because it is so rushed. And it's all because the Claudia Callum thing centers on this broader question of, is she just going to completely sell out and try to manipulate him and con him into going along with what she says? Or is she also going to preserve some decency as a friend who has an existing relationship? The answer is um, yes. She is going to sell him out. The only thing that stops her is Soren. And like that was almost, that was like a decision she had to make. That was not instinct. Because of like because of her shitty dad, but uh, you know, she she was she was like I don't know. It's it's it, Claudia's got some darkness to her. She's extremely goth. Yes, yeah, and does. I don't think I just I how like hmm hmm. I am hopeful for a redemption from Claudia and Soren. I didn't super love the way that Claudia decided to troubleshoot Soren's accident. Um, that was like hard for me to watch. I don't know if what y'all's feelings were on it. <sighs> Complex. I liked it. Um, yeah. Yeah, because I think there's – so there are a lot of things there. One is that it kind of captures this thing, which is that people are who they are and their circumstances change. But, like, in a lot of ways, there's also an essential person that uh, can't be completely altered by circumstances. What we see with Soren is that he actually – and maybe there's an element of denial, but he immediately starts adapting to the fact that uh, he is now paralyzed. Uh, in, in the wake of this fight with a dragon uh, that he stupidly picked. Yeah. Um, Very stupid. But he starts Very to, stupid. 
And part of it is there is a relief that he can no longer be used as a weapon by his father. There is a relief that he no longer, he doesn't have, Austin, you alluded to this earlier, mm-hmm. he no longer has to make a choice. And yes, he is kind of a coward for shrinking from that choice. He is a child. Yeah, he's yeah, a kid totally. I'm a who was told by his father to do a terrible Didn't thing. Didn't mean to be a dragon. And he's kind of relieved. Him. Pardon? I Don't worry about it. You keep moving. <laughs> he's kind of relieved that he doesn't have to do that. Yeah. And he starts making peace with these new circumstances. Claudia cannot fucking handle it. She cannot handle the way that her brother has been redefined in her eyes by this. And admittedly, his one of his ideas is, I will become a poet and I will yeah. live a life of the mind. I love that idea. I love it. Yeah. He- the, the thing that's like essential about him in that moment is like, I got to be the, the fucking life of the party. I got to be the biggest person here. I got to be the person who everyone pays attention to. I'm a daring hero. And if I can't do that with a sword, I'll do it with a pen. I'll figure it out. And also he's a fool and an idiot. And like, <laughs> and that works. It's he sells it. It yeah. works well. Yeah. Well, in her blow up, you know, yeah. it doesn't have the right syllables. <laughs> Look at him. It's like, like he's not a poet. This right. is a disaster. But her solution to this is, I can also restore this person to the version of them that I view as their essential self, their truest, truest self. Soren is my jock brother who goes out and runs. He's a man of action. He's a dumbass, but I love him. And her solution is I'm going to kill some baby deer. Yeah. I wish I would kill baby deer for my loved one. If I had a conversation with them and got their (sighs) consent, maybe, I don't know. I think that it is a, how do I want to frame this? Um, I thought a lot about portraying, I like stories where there are stakes. And Mm -hmm. I think one such stake in a story where there's combat and uh, conflict is about physical harm. Mm -hmm. I always pump the brakes when I want to undo that harm. Now, I think what the show does well is says undoing that harm has a cost. That cost is vague at first because it's killing these deer. And the notion is like, oh, it is it is Claudia is hurting herself in the long run. But the particular element I need to add to this is one about disability, Mm -hmm. which is in the world in which so people are disabled. There are people who cannot move their bodies below their heads or in various other configurations. Some of those people were born that way. Some people are wounded. Some people have, uh, there's accidents. That happens. Um, mm-hmm. And what I, what we see a lot in storytelling is that happens and then the resolution to that is about restoring the body to its supposed natural good state, the erasure of what that that dis- disability is, mm-hmm. the idea of disability as being somehow the reduction of the self. It's one of the reasons I like Genlock is because it engages with that stuff and tries to tries to elbow out some room for alternative mm-hmm. perspectives in in media aimed at young people to start thinking through some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this is a story that can still work, and I think it it still. I didn't shut off the fucking show. I was like, I'm fucking, I got to go. I'm giving up on this. But I do, I, I, the reason I want there to have been a conversation around it mm-hmm. is because the thing that's lacking in stories about disabled people is often disabled people mm-hmm. who have agency and who have a perspective through which they can say, yeah, I, of course I would like to not be like this. Or, hey, I'm still a full human being like this. Yeah. Or, hey, there are ways for me to to move around the world using tools and aids just the same way you do. It's just that I use them to go from my door to the car instead of from the from my house to the mall or yeah. both, right? Yeah. Like those conversations should be on screen and yeah. should be centered on the decisions of 
the disabled uh, or, or, or differently abled people or, or whatever the, the terminology is that mm-hmm. you want to use there. Um, and from talking to people in like disability studies, people who study this stuff, people who are disabled and mm-hmm. who are also in disability studies, the lesson that they've like taught me again and again is about when those decisions are included, even if it's a decision someone else makes in this sort of fantastic story, even mm-hmm. the world in which Claudia goes out and does this, she's doing it to him. It is not – and that the show needs to frame it as such and Mm -hmm. should engage with his interiority. Yeah. Uh, And and that can be hard because the writers, I don't know, are even thinking about this in terms of disability. They were thinking of it in terms of like he can't move anymore. But think about Ava's dog or the dog Ava. You're right. Totally. Yeah, that's a but that but that's a dog. The lesson there is this other sort of lesson that the same group of people who when I go to them like, hey, I want to write a story with a disabled person. In it how do I deal with this? The thing that they say also is like, don't pretend that there isn't a disability, right? Yeah. Like, which Ava the dog may as well have four legs, yeah. right? Like, and that's not to say the, the entire point is being someone with a body that is non-normative does mm-hmm. not you don't have to erase difference you yeah. should recognize difference and also recognize wholeness of being yeah right and that's a tough thing to do when you're writing in a broad bru- writing broad brush and you don't have those experiences yourself but it means carrying yourself very carefully and very critically and mm-hmm. thoughtfully and, and ideally consulting, consulting. Yeah, exactly exactly and so uh, I've gotten it wrong when, when writing disabled characters for sure so I have lots of sympathy here mm-hmm. but I, it's like I wanted there to be at least some some element in which we get to think about that or sit with it for long. But again, the show is well, compressed. The yeah. show is compressed. This is a decision that gets made like this. We've only seen the start of this arc, too. Like, I would be very sure. surprised if that's the end. Of, like, that was a down... Pay- like, do you think that was a f- complete fix? The, do you think, like, uh, yeah. that was a no, lasting... No, yeah, he got I think up. One of two things. Either he's going to end up needing to, like, continue to get magical... Fruit, help. fruit help or whatever for the rest of his life to keep up with it in which case we can start talking about about you know the ways in which you treat chronic conditions and mm-hmm, blah 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 mm-hmm. or the thing that I actually read it as is more of the beginning of Claudia slipping deeper and deeper into dark magic That's to an inevitable yeah. confrontation well, yeah. with her father does she become like her father or does she become like Callum who has rejected it and how does Callum save the day in the end how does Callum save her it's but by kissing no the, the thing the thing that I do like there though is that like we see Soren starting to get on the path to like finding some peace with this and adapting to these new circumstances. Yeah. yeah. He is morally, he is relieved to have his story arc be resolved by this thing. And it's all about Claudia. Like it is all about her pain at this having happened. Like Claudia makes this all about her and she is the one who has the final say over all of this. And I like, I don't think it is. Yes. It is partly that, she has clearly like done some really dark magic uh, in the process of like, you know, casting the spell, but also she has also thrown her brother back in, back onto the horns of this dilemma that he desperately wanted to escape. Now, of mm-hmm. course he, she doesn't know that she doesn't know. This is the other thing that no, he I did like tell about the series. Pardon? Before, before she does, like as they're having this conversation, they, they, he tells her about the dis, the the choice that the dad. No, he tells her that there was a choice. He told her that dad asked him to do a thing, and no, maybe no. it's good that he's. He said he doesn't lay out. He does. He absolutely he says does. dad he, told me to kill them. Yeah, he told. Yeah, he, he says dad told me to kill the princes. To kill the princes, and she's shook by it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I was convinced that he had like just referred to it obliquely. Mm-mm. No, yeah, he, tells her he says outright. specifically the princes, and then she's like super horrified, but she doesn't tell him her secret, which was to pick the dragon over Soren. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. that's the, that's the whole thing uh, that you're saying, Rob. Is that is my whole frustration? Is that there is no agency afforded to Soren in this situation? It is what you said, Austin, of like Claudia doing something to Soren, and there's no. Like, it's not like it requires Soren's participation. Like, this is an act done, which is fine. Which I think is fine to have a a a or have a story where that happens. Yeah, but the story has to be has to recognize that the the story, of course, knows that she's doing it to him. But the story kind of frames it as doing it for him. Yes, and what's lost is her soul in the process. She's making this, that's how that, that's how I read that whole thing. That is not doing to him without his willingness. He's not like, yo, you should have fucking asked me before you did this. That's not a yeah, point of true. contention between them when it's over, which she should have done. Like, yeah. and that's not, and the sh- and I don't think that the show thinks it's wrong to her, of her to have done it to him without his consideration. No, the, the wrongness- show th- was killing the deer and yes. falling deeper into dark magic yes. because that is the axis of morality that the dragon prince works on. Dark magic is bad. Natural magic is like pretty good. You're in, you're, you're not like hurting the world because you're just waiting for the moon to be in the right place. Yeah. You're giving up immediacy for, uh, a, for stability. Basically, mm-hmm. you can't just get what you want when you want it, but you're also not hurting anything. That's mm-hmm. the, that's the moral spectrum of the show and anytime someone is impatient in the show is like disastrous except for when it's fucking Callum who wants to be a mage now yeah and that's the like but not so now that he says yes inside his okay. own brain so the f- and by the being patient you Callum. get you get what he get you know what I mean like yeah. mm. it's not patience it's going to sleep it's well it's like he if in his brain state <laughs> in his in his genlock room <laughs> he does reject the immediate power and then is immediately rewarded with power yeah and but that's, that's not this patient. is the thing is that the show doesn't ever recognize so the thing about the Callum arc is that first of all it has always felt to me a little bit like what if the very like to an element it's what if midway through Harry Potter becomes about Ron Weasley Right, mm-hmm. all his resentment, all his frustration. <laughs> Suddenly, it's like, no, you are the hero. You're, You're right. You fave. are special. And with Callum, there's this element of the thing we can all identify with, which is that he has never known what his calling is. Yeah, what is he good at? Yeah, totally. Love and it. it is that what he discovers is he is good at doing magic. It never occurs to him that you can be good at things that are also pose challenging questions of whether you should be good at them or what the nature of that goodness is. It never occurs to him that what he is good at is something that makes him enormously powerful. And there we're falling into the classic trap, the the classic trap of like hero's journey stuff where the main character is sort of unquestioningly, is sort of unquestioningly presented as pursuing a path that leads them to greater and greater power, but all for the right reasons, without ever owning the fact that, like, look, I just want to be fucking powerful. It's, no, this is this is your calling. This is what you're being drawn to. Callum's discovered he's good at magic, and therefore he is entitled to do magic. That, like, the minute he discovers he, he is good with that fucking sky orb and, like, loses but it, all he thinks about is getting it back. I don't think he is particularly good at magic. I think he... It feels good to him. It does. And he is successful in being able to replicate 
things that he has seen. So it's not like he's studied this for years and has had, like, perhaps he just, like, never had that access. Like, I don't think growing up... He was not in magic school. He was school. not in magic school. Way. That wasn't, like, offered to him, no. whatever. But in my understanding of the way that magic works for humans is that it is not innate. No. It is not an innate talent. It is, like, something that can be taught. And you use tools, tools which are from our life or, of the yeah, earth, yeah. Um to to be able to perform so for me it's like it's not like Callum has some particular like adept ability at using magic it is that he is able to replicate it and he likes it he likes the feel like the feeling that it gives right. him it's like the first thing which it's not the first thing he's identified with him because he's really dope at drawing he is like, dope at drawing that's where this is going right in the long run is like some conversation between Ray, like I, I, maybe this is, I would actually be happy with this, which is him coming. And I know the last time I had a fucking galaxy brain take about what the show would do with Callum and they did the opposite. So here, let's what do was another your last one guess? that they would recognize that he was about to become a shitty, like uh, insert self insert character oh. dude who just like is a teenage, like emo, whatever. Yeah. Um, which they did the opposite and leaned into that stuff. Mm -hmm. The, the galaxy brain take here is like, are they going to go through this arc, which is, Callum, you don't, you're not good at magic, like you're saying. You're doing magic, and the thing magic does is make you feel good at being good at magic. Mm -hmm. Magic makes you feel powerful because it gives you something instantly. Or human magic, dark magic, makes you feel good because you snap your fingers and draw a symbol in the air, and then you get a result. Yeah. That's not how elven magic works. It's not how anyone else's magic works. There's mm -hmm. always a cost, there, and they recognize that, and there's always a either a cost in time or place or, or you're fucking, you got a weird thing that's going to cut off your hand if you don't do it right yeah, whatever shit. it is right um and and you don't get that and then him being like oh okay but then i have nothing and then really being like no you love drawing you've always loved drawing you drew me that time and it was really pretty and now i love you what if the counter to that is that the reason why he's good at magic because he's, good, he's at good at drawing that's true that's where they're gonna go you're right i'm wrong um Fuck, I had one other big thing here, which is about <laughs> something that we talked about, and I've lost it, but it was important. Fuck. About me not liking him. Callum. Callum, it's gone. Emo. Emo. No. Well, I'm sure we'll have time to dig in on it for season three, uh, which I'm sure will we'll make all the right moves. Uh, I'm actually really excited about season three. Like, there was a lot yeah, I like. There's, there's a lot of good beats here, but we do what we do, which is we... We have been on the really frustrating bits. Yeah, yeah. There's there a lot here that I like. There, there is. I think the action sequences are all pretty good. I love. I bait. like the character designs. I love bait. Bait. Poor bait. Bait oh, was real fucking bait. sad oh this my whole God. season. I was so mad oh. at Ezra. And how could he not know? How could he not? I know. Touch bait and be like jealous. You're yeah, jealous. You're jealous. I understand. I'll split my time with you and Zim. It was a good Ezra. You could do a good Ezra. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Bad Harrow. Also, well, I wasn't trying with Harrow. Harrow's like, Ezra and my son. Yeah, okay. I have something that I must tell you. Your you Uncle Viren is whack. the Dragon Prince. Yeah, that's the name <laughs> of the show is about you. <laughs> Your uncle is very whack and likes to be. Yeah, and that sentence. What? And the sentence. Anyway. <laughs> well, good show, everybody. What? I, what? Wait, what were you gonna say? I was gonna say, likes to be 
uh, uh, wants my throne. That's that's true. That's what I was gonna say is to watch out for him because he's watch coming out. for the throne. Watch the throne. Watch the throne. Watch the Hashtag throne. Watch Hashtag watch the throne. Game of Thrones. Hashtag Game of Thrones. <laughs> That's the next season. It's game. I'm glad it's not Game of Thrones. Like I'm glad they're doing. They're not doing grim dark shit. That that would be wrong. Yeah, no, it's a kids show. Well, it's only the second season. Who knows what's gonna happen? Who next. knows? You're right. Fuck. Uh, I really want to figure but, out the thing I was gonna say. I'm not gonna do it, and it's okay. Um, There's gonna be so many more hot I takes know, we can put I know. out about Callum next next season. Zim is the cutest little. So you don't have to stall for me to try to find this. I appreciate it though. Puppy dragon, honking, all and chirping all over the place. Zim, the psychic connection between him and uh, Ezra is interesting too. I yeah. love, you too. I that. love that is also it. New. That is cool. I oh yeah, we didn't even talk about that. No, that's cool. I like that a lot. That was really Ezra's rad. dope. I like Ezra all the way around. Like Ezra seems like a cool kid. Ezra's mature for his age. Uh, maybe more mature than Callum. Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, and I'm excited Except to see when it. he plays hide and seek with Zim. Still Big cute. mistake. Very cute and But good. very oh, cute. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. But mistake. Ezrin, Ezrin and what's the what's the new queen's name? The young queen? Uh, Amaya? Very powerful force. No, Amaya's the aunt, right? Mm, anyway, well. she's dope. And I can't wait to see them together on the, on the screen being badass. Or fighting. Or like being like in conflict as young young rulers. Oh, you're right. Amaya's the aunt. The kid is to be determined. Yep. Anyway. TBD. Queen TBD. She's the best. Uh, we'll, we'll learn her name. Anya. Uh, season three. Thank you. Anya? Mm-hmm. Well, Anya. We'll, we'll learn more about Anya season three as well as figure out what count, what what point what what else austin resented about callum uh we'll, we'll we'll look forward to that next season uh but in the meantime our thanks to two mellow for the track slide asleep off the album after midnight you can find that at two mellow makes.bandcamp.com you can keep up with all of us at waypoint.vice i got it the whole core of the conversation he has while he's in his like dark magic nightmare dreamscape is what is it do you remember what it is it's the it's the evil version of him being like it's your destiny mm-hmm. to become a powerful magic person. Mm-hmm. Just take this now, and he's like, "No, my daddy told me I have free will. <laughs> I I I can make my own choice, and the choice he makes is to become a powerful magic person. <laughs> like he does think he's destined inside his brain when he knows. He and just in this thinks way, he's above dark magic. Well, in this way, I just think the show is incoherent and inconsistent. Yeah. I don't think this is a, I don't think that this is like Callum being hypocritical. Yeah. I think this is the show not necessarily aligning, knowing that it's a bad thing when someone says, it's your destiny to be powerful, become powerful instantly by taking this evil dark cube. And, <laughs> and then secretly also just being like, but what if magic, what if I, what if me, magic, Actually, my oh. not you my could destiny. Kill this little sister, or that she could bring you her magic energy. Energy, one or later. the other. Yeah, all of it. It's no choice. Exactly. He is not. They make it. There's a false choice here that that you that he's rejecting the easy answer, but the path he wants to be on is one of easy answers. Wow. Anyway, I didn't know Bioshock was still going to be relevant. Is it? You know. Bioshock's always going to be relevant. Sorry, yeah. like, but in our in our space, that's going to be shorthand for for ages. Um, fine, fine, I accept it. Anyway, you can find me anyway, on the internet at Natalie yeah. Where Watson. can people find you? At the the at the Callum Hater. Yep, find me there any day of the week. 
I'd like to see Callum try and try and like, have a conversation. Ask Ralph. Bop. <laughs> Bop. That's the one he does when he shoots wind out of his mouth. I love that the final word that he needed was just fool. Was that but the word? Fulamus. Uh, was that a thing? That was like the thunder thing. That was from the that first he season. Couldn't, yeah, it was first season. Sorry, fresh in my mind. Fresh that's in my fair. Mind. That's fair. You can follow our producer, Kato, at A underscore Kato underscore appears. And you can find me at Rob Zachney. Uh, that'll do it for this week's Waypoints. We hope you've enjoyed the break. Uh, be sure and rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice. Uh, I generally like to think we're a five-star cast, but that's your, your judgment call to make. Uh, we'll be back again with Waypoint Radio on Friday. I think, do we have uh, Today is Friday. a regular episode this week? Today is Today Friday. Today is Friday. We're this is releasing on Friday. Okay. Uh because so then Sekiro, we're doing more there's reasons a Sekiro on... pod out on yesterday. And <laughs> on yesterday. And there will be a lore reasons on Monday for Kingdom Hearts 3. All right. One way or another. I'll be sure and catch all of that. In the meantime, over on Be Good and Rewatch It, we are doing similarly lengthy podcasts on <laughs> Pride and Prejudice. because uh, we have one speed. And, uh, you know, unlike unlike the Dragon Prince, <laughs> we take our fucking time. We take our time. We develop our points. Develop our points. <laughs> Zim forever. Zim forever. Sorry to sound like, like Amigos back here. One of the Amigos back <laughs> Zim here. Forever. Zim forever. Develop your points. Fuck Callum. <laughs> Fuck Callum. Do not give in to astonishment. <laughs> astonishment. Astonishment. <laughs> When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Oh, God. There's, also, there's a major character in... Did we leave uh, someone out? Genlock that is, that is just Migos. Who? Um, yeah, his name, oh, Migos. His name is Migos, but it's Miguel. Migos. No, his name is Miguel. <laughs> it's our boy. It's, it, yeah. it's our boy Migos. It's our, our boy Migos. Our, our single boy Migos. Our single boy Migos. Yeah. Yeah. One God. person Migos. I was, I was totally with you, Rob, on the robot thing. That was like one of my biggest questions at the beginning of the show. I think I brought it up to you about like what robots do we consider to be? Oh, like people? People. Yeah. I'm very, I have lots of questions. Lots of questions. Y'all follow Sue on the internet? No. Sue the T-Rex? Yeah. Mm-mm. Wait, really? What? Wait. Yeah. Yeah, Sue. Well, the field music. They, they brought up the field music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah, follow yeah. Sue I used to follow Sue when she was doing D&D campaigns, but then. What? Sue, the Sue the, Sue the T-Rex rose to fame because she. They. They were doing, um. Like a D and D choose your own adventure uh, 
thing, like thread on Twitter where. Um, and then Sue retired. They retired the skeleton, the dinosaur skeleton, and so. Oh shit! I didn't know that Sue yeah, was yeah. back. Yeah, that was they were they were just moving the skeleton. Gotcha. It was like a renovation of the field museum, and then. I mean, theoretically, Sue's always been hanging from the rafters. Cool, cool, <laughs> great, love it. <laughs> also, I feel like we have not fully what come happened? to grips with what the fact that we now know dinosaurs did not roar. I know. Instead, what? Honked. Wait, yes. we should wait, 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 wait. We should talk to. We should. Are you recording again, Rob? No, I'm not. Hold okay, we want to hit this live. No, I was just saying. Like, I feel like we, as a group, have not reckoned with this new reality we're living in, where we what, know new, that dinosaurs wait. did not roar. It can. It, they don't. Um, I, well, okay, well, first I, of all, dinosaurs okay. don't do anything. They're dead. First of all, I just entered this reality, and what the fuck? They don't roar? What do they do? Is it um, all dinosaurs don't roar? Not all dinosaurs roar? Question not a single dinosaur what did is they do? Not, to have roared. Not a single one? Dog, there are a lot of them. Not a there were a lot one. of them, and Dino- so okay, which ones hold on. do you I'm getting, I'm getting a news update. See, we're already mindset. <laughs> so, that's what I'm saying because right. we've already we been mindlink. Yeah, we are. That's why I said yes immediately because we're fucking Damn, already true. there. You know, I take back any of my bad words about that. Ever that's how we caught him so bad that time. Exactly. <laughs> beep 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 beep. Dinosaurs likely didn't roar. New research suggests. Subhead. Scientists say they might have growled like a crocodile. Okay. Who's ever heard a crocodile growl? Please, somebody play me crocodile growls or honk really like You're a Spotify. goose. They're under. Absolutely uh... not. Did a fucking dinosaur honk? <laughs> See, this is no. They did. They did. Can this, you really also, tell this me? This dinosaur looked goofy as fuck. I T Rex. This is a crocodile growl. This this is a roar. A crocodile growls a roar. That's a roar to me. No, it is no. Also, this fucking T Rex looks fucking goofy as fuck. I could see him honking. Yeah, that's a, that, that motherfucker honks. That <laughs> fucking guy's like. Also, he's short. Honk honk. I thought is that how tall I'm they here. are? I could punch him in the like the chin like that. Probably. Just be like. I thought T Rexes were supposed to be mad big. No, uh, they're not they're that big. big. They're big, but they're not. Personally, I prefer Jurassic Park. Do you know how big a tuna fish is? Large. Huge. They're huge. Large. Animals are still big out there right now. I don't want to know what's in the ocean. Enjoy them while we got them. Yeah, they're all gone. They're all going away. No, we haven't been to the deep sea. I don't know what's going on down there. Plastic has. We're going. I don't want to go there. You got to marry a duke so that we can (laughs) go to the deep sea and hide from the apocalypse. What? But there's aliens down there. There are aliens down there. Wait, so. I saw a show on Viceland. Captain Nemo wasn't a duke. No, wait. Captain Nemo was he not some sort of royalty? Who's Nemo? No, he's just the like fish? a wealthy industrialist. <laughs> Who are we talking about? I saw Finding Nemo. Captain Nemo? Don't don't oh, you don't know no. Captain Nemo? Who the fuck is Captain? He Nemo? He is the son of a Raja. Oh, who's a Raj? Oh, that's pro- that's a slight. Oh, that's an it's a ruler. He's a king. A Raja is yeah. a is a high king of of. Captain uh, Nemo of India, also right? known as Prince Dakar, is, that correct? is a Maybe fictional I'm wrong. character created by the Fink. Blah, 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 yeah, no, it's, it's a prince. Yes. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Yes, never could find me there. 
1870, damn, mm-hmm. you write about the sea early on. <laughs> how? <laughs> Natalie? You'd be stunned at how quickly humans started writing about the sea. Have you ever the been out there? The answer would Because you. you'd be like, well, I got, oh my, You're I have got to write about this. To this the sea? Is, have I been there? Yeah. I avoid it, personally. <laughs> you know what? Fair. I know your history with boats. I don't. <laughs> You it's know, really I'm curious that the Greeks never tackled the sea. They never. You would think, like, they should we write about this now? Nah. No, no. You know what? I think we lost all that when we lost Atlantis. I think that's where all the Greek writing on the sea was. So it's all gone now. Well, Atl- see, the problem was the Athenian democracy was too direct, and the tragedy was that when the people had a voice, uh, it it ended in ruin. It did. We yeah. lost everything. Wow! Shoutouts to the sea. R.I.P. Anyway, animals are big. Dinosaurs honk. I'm scared of everyone now. I'm not as scared as dino- of dinosaurs anymore. I'm not. Okay. If oh, a, the- a dinosaur honked at me, I would laugh. And then and he'd then eat, you. eat you. Honk. <laughs> so, there still be a low What's honk, the scariest right? dinosaur in Jurassic Park? Uh, Velociraptor. We all know this. Yeah, because they attack in groups. The Diphilophosaurus. The- yeah, yeah, that one. That one with the... the- yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, and that that's makes like the goofiest, the goofiest one. <laughs> Sound anyway. is the one that ends up being the most traumatizing dinosaur. What is this? That's a roar. That's a honk. That's a roar. That's, a that's not a roar, <gasps> Austin a Walker. Goose. And it's ho- and it's roaring at me right now. It's honking. Those are birds. That, no, that's definitely not a roar. <laughs> that's a honk. <laughs> You can't fool me. That's Kazu's voice Try actor. and say roar like a honk. Honk? Roar? Roar? It's honk. Point is, we need a cut of Jurassic Park. Yes, all the way through. Where the Jurassic, where, where the Jurassic, where the Jurassic, <laughs> where, where the T-Rex honk. unleashes a mighty honk oh. at the end of that movie. Could you imagine if he'd written that book and called it Dinosaur Park <laughs> instead of Jurassic Park? Great name. We Great all, name. We don't like, remember that Steven Spielberg uh, classic film adaptation, Dinosaur Park? In Dinosaur Park 2? Yeah, I love Dinosaur it. Park Lost World? Lost World, yeah. Dinosaur <laughs> Park Boys? Yeah. God. <laughs> Honestly, it would have it would have gone. Yeah, I probably would have. I still would have seen it. I still would have gotten it five times for Christmas that year from various <laughs> aunts. He loves dinosaurs. Like I, yeah, I do. You didn't even know they I honked. I didn't know they honked. I didn't know do they had like feathers. Do you like more or less? I like feathers. I like feathers. I like feathers on dinosaurs. Me too. I'm Dinosaur pro- and a boa. Yeah. Yeah, mm. a T-Rex with a rock and a boa. Fabulous. I almost said could get it, and I do not mean that. <laughs> At all, at all, at all. I want to underscore that fact, but I do think it would you are look not stylish. A feathery. I am not. But listen, if Cammy from Genlock <laughs> wants to date a dinosaur in the ether, you have fun, Cammy. I support her absolutely. She a rabbit dating no a T Rex. Damn, I ship it actually. Hong Kong seems risky. That's why they honk. <laughs> what do rabbits do? Honk. <laughs> we should clap. No. <laughs> We should clap. We should break into applause for that great sequence. Well done. But now we need to actually clap. Top of the minute. Got you. It's today the equinox? Oh, right. It's the worm moon. Tonight's the worm moon? We forgot to talk about worms. Welcome to the worm moon. Well, I mean, it's time for the dragon prince. It's true. It's a a Y. Worm with a Y there. 
Hey everybody, just wanted to hop in here really quickly with a content warning for the next bit. We talk about some pretty gross bug stuff. Um, it's pretty funny if you're not usually bothered by gross bug stuff. It's truly a wild story, but if um, any sort of detailed mentioning of bugs and their reproductive systems or bodily fluids does bother you, I uh, would stop the podcast now. Uh, there'll be five seconds of silence after this, and then that bit would start. You do what? Don't worry about it. Get fucked by a bot fly? <laughs> Gross. No. I hope not. I My child gets a lot is. of weird diseases, but hopefully not that one. Yeah. Oh, I that was just on my Twitter timeline, so yeah, don't worry. Also I don't think it, you're not going to be able to escape it, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Although maybe what? it'll probably flash right now as we're recording and yeah. should hopefully be gone. It'll be gone. So, Rob, some hmm. person who explores an explorer. The jungles and uh, whatnot has a bot fly growing in their back and they're just letting it grow. They're very excited about it. Taking photos. What? Qu- close photos. He's, he he was he was disappointed when he thought it was just a measly mosquito bite, but when Tato, he felt it begin to this tingle, in. uh this is too he gross. got very excited what? because he realized it, it was a bot fly. Do not without a content warning. I don't even. Th- I, this Content is just warning: a- Bad people. They're gross. Gross bug bug situation. GBS. Gross. <laughs> that asshole's gonna need medical treatment. Uh, I guess we could start. We could just do time that is and start. Kato made it record. Uh, do you oh, want to clap, Natalie? Oh, hold on. Uh, yes. The man is a bu- is a bug scientist. I don't want to talk whatever. about the man anymore. Okay, I just wanted to clear that up. He's not an explorer. He can call himself whatever he wants. Today's the International Day of Happiness. Happy, happy, happy day. At least day. it was until I heard about this story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, he's happy. Shall we clap at... Can't take that away from him. Top of the minute? That's top of the time, minute sure. to you. <laughs> D, 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 D. Fine minute we're having here. He who know most, wait, fuck. He who know, know most grieves most for wasted time. Uh, he who know most, he who know most, it should be knows. grieves most for wasted time. Dante said that. For Don't Make Cry. Yes. Wow.